They are not ready for prime time. Prime time. Prime time. Prime time. That's the name. Prime time. Prime time. What time is it? Showtime. Prime time. It's XL Prime Time, featuring Joe C. Matt Hayes. Big asses. No. Big thighs. Yeah. Mia O'Brien. Bent over and let it happen. And Leon Searcy. Yeah. They were smelling themselves. Oh. How you like me now? How you like me Welcome now? in. Friday has arrived. I know you like it. Into the work week. Into the weekend we go. XL primetime. A little light today minus Big Searcy. Leon has the day off, but he will be back on Monday. And the carousel of producers... Uh, we said goodbye to JJ on Wednesday. We said hello to Denmark on Thursday. And then we said goodbye to him uh, because he had to get dash out. And Casey Dobson is in with us today. So welcome in, Casey. Thank you for joining thank you. us. Thank you for having me. Thank Excel you for having prime me. Time ready to rock and roll. And look, we get into a Friday with a rock and roll theme. We'll be telling you about uh, our big hair, heavy metal, and how you guys can make song suggestions. And most of the time, you kind you come up with your kind of rock and roll, uh, but today there will be a ZZ Top flair mm, to okay. this. ZZ Top, man, yeah. because we got tickets to give away. So we will be telling you all about that as we go along today, but definitely start thinking about some ZZ Top rock and roll. All right, so we go into this weekend. This is the weekend before the NFL Combine. Uh, actually, people will be flying into Indianapolis this weekend, and things get hot and heavy. And you might just call this the beginning of the new league year because that's basically what it is. Uh, the transition from the end of the regular season, crowning a Super Bowl champion. You go into the transition tags, which have, at the very least, the franchise tag window is open. Not a lot happening. Uh, but next week, that NFL Combine, which you will be at, it will be hot and heavy. No question. Yeah, somebody asked me, they were like, so what do you know? Like, what's the scoop? And I was uh, earlier this week, just in general, like, mm-hmm. you know, what have you been hearing in, on the streets? And and I said, I mean, it's all kind of quiet on the Western front. There, there's certainly some things to be doing, boots on the ground here in Jacksonville right now, but it will all really go down in Indianapolis. And I think, you know, John Osher and Bucky Brooks, I brought it up earlier in the week, brought up a fascinating point on their uh, podcast on Jaguars.com last mm-hmm. week, which is, is the combine too late to begin negotiations for a player that could be tagged, for a player that could walk in free agency? And Bucky said from his experience in scouting, of which I have never been a scout, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. he said it really isn't that far behind the eight ball because so many deals do go down in Indianapolis. You would like to have some yeah. framework and legwork done ahead of time. But so much of it is constructed during that one-week run in Indiana. Um, and, and so that's what I'm curious to see if that comes to fruition here locally with the Jaguars, but also with plenty of other teams as well. Yeah, I just feel like uh, when we talk about any type of negotiations, I think the whole decompress uh, after the regular season is real, after the postseason, if you make it, is real. Uh, and agents, yeah, they'd like to get their deal done, Matt. But at the same time, the all I would, I'm just picturing all the financials all the work on players that are that they do their exit interviews with, all the questions of injury, everything that has to happen after your season is officially over. There's a lot of stuff that you have to deal with, and so I don't mind the the gap in time before anything starts to take place. And you know as well as I do, once negotiations start, they they ramp up quickly. But up until that point, yeah, I, I don't I don't mind the delay. Because you're not the guy waiting for the money. You're not sure. the guy waiting for the contract. Sure, I'm, but I'm sure Josh Allen minds the delay. Yeah, but if I'm sitting back and I am Josh Allen, I'm counting it a thousand different ways in my head. It, it, it really, in the grand scheme of things, isn't that 
long of a wait from the time your season's over. No, until, I get it. But, you know, at the, you at the end deal. of the day, it, there's a couple things moving forward. I mean, Josh Allen, he has, I think, two kids have been born here, right? Is that right? Yes. He has so three children. Two have been born He's here. got kids that have been born here. I'm sure he enjoys the community. His wife probably enjoys the community. His kids enjoy where they, where they are. Yeah. I'm sure he wants to just get it done. That's number one. And number yeah. two, I think more than that, and I, I spoke about this earlier this week, is there's just, there's they don't need acrimony right now in that building. Mm-hmm. That's the last thing they need. They, you know, you're talking about a franchise that tanked the last seven games of the season. So they they have problems right now. The, the the last thing they need is to add another problem onto or another distraction or more right. acrimony in that yeah. locker room. Yeah, I, I totally get it. I just think that the timeline is that as the season or off season unfolds, we we like to make a big deal out of it because what 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 does everyone want? They want it to happen now, not just Josh Allen. All the fans do too, because boom. No, but you what, know you're gonna you're gonna sign him. Yeah, you're not. I mean, it's going to happen. Yeah, but it's just like the way the world works. Why not now? Give it to me now. I want it now. I, I can't wait. I can't wait. And so that is definitely the way the fan bases uh, around the National Football League and everywhere are looking. Uh, and Josh Allen, as you said incorrectly, hell yeah, he wants his money right now. His 18 paychecks that he had. They're so far in the rearview mirror right now. He wants that big signing bonus if he's going to get Not it. Not only that, he might like you know just. I'm just throwing this out there. Yeah. If he gets a deal, you know, soon, maybe he busts his ass the off season. Mm-hmm. And if he doesn't get the deal, and it goes two and three and four and five months, right? Is he as motivated to be completely ready for the season? I would think he'd still be motivated because there's a big payday waiting for you. You have because if he doesn't anything. perform. This upcoming year, if he has to play on the tag, then what sort of money is awaiting him on the other side True. of mm-hmm. the mountain? Which, you know, I, I was talking about this with Bo Valentine over the weekend. The the case scenario that I think we short term memory have forgotten here in Jacksonville, Yannick Ngakwe reportedly left what approximately nineteen twenty million dollars for a three or a four year deal. Back in 2019, on the table with Dave Caldwell, said yeah. he wanted more money. NTC, NTC yeah. said yep. said he wanted to be paid. He knew his worth, and they tag him. They eventually trade him. Has he sniffed anywhere near 19 or 20 million a year since then? No, he bet He's, on himself, which I, yeah. I can never fault anyone for betting on themselves. But now you look at it, and he hasn't even gotten hurt at any well, point in the last four years. Yeah, what's classic is he changed teams multiple times in 12 months from the time that, you know, they dealt him away. He didn't stay with the team that made the move for him, and then he's played with multiple teams since then. And like we said, he, he was the most productive pass rusher last year for Indianapolis, not this past season, but the season Two years before. Ago. And so he's been productive, but yeah. But it, my point it, is, it, like, being the guy in a town, as much as you think it could have – sustainability, mm-hmm. and even if you were to leave and go somewhere else akin to what Tyreek Hill did, mm-hmm. it's not always a guarantee. Yeah, he's and the other part of it is Janique is not the poster boy for for blowing it as far as betting on himself. Le'Veon Bell is the one that, Correct. that, that That's sat another out. One. And, and he sat out. I mean, that was a, one of the uh, – he knows it. He could have been legend up in Pittsburgh because that's just the way their fans are with those that stay. And he he blew it, and he knows it, and he admitted it later, but it took him forever to admit it. And so that's why, to your point, Matt, like you can't guarantee sitting out, not performing as well as you know maybe you would have, or caring because you're being tagged and you're disgruntled about that. You can't guarantee that's that's going to translate to that life changing money on the other side of that year. I don't disagree with that, but I, I, my whole thing is, why risk it? 
why leave a bad vibe there with him? Mm-hmm. Oh, I agree with he, that. He, he's going to set the market whether you like it or not. Pay him. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I know that I think what has to happen, obviously, is other contracts have to be stitched or worked out, stitched together, revamped, restructured, whatever, and then worked out. The, the right, But they only have to be under the cap at a certain date. Like, they could be over – doesn't matter. You just yeah, got to be under gotta, a certain date. Yeah, you got to fall in line once the new year, new league year begins, and all that kind of stuff. And look, we have listed countless examples of how you can abuse the salary cap once right. you get past that, and and many have. And then you have your you come to a football Jesus meeting later, and you deal with it. But every single team, it seems, figures out a way uh, to to make this happen. But I'm just expecting that Balky and whomever uh, in the building uh, has to have those conversations, saying, okay. We have got to get down to our number. We've got to have this much flexibility and this much room to work with. And that's why these conversations are Brandon Sheriff. Where's the contract situation at right now? Are we going to try and extend it? Uh, you can go down the line with all the other guys that have been mentioned. Rayshon, Roy Robinson, Harris, on and on and on. And those things have to be done before they can make any of these big-term, we're talking long-term decisions when it comes to signing Josh Allen or figuring out what they're going to do with Calvin. Calvin won't come until after. Yeah, see, I don't agree with that. Yeah. I think I think you can sign him and then deal with the rest of it afterwards. Mm. Deal with the rest of it. Yeah, it's already going to be a because big you you told him we basically what you told him is we don't believe in you right now. Mm. And then he goes out and says, "All right, you don't believe me? I'm going to show you." Yeah. Then he goes out and gets 17 and a half sacks. Right. And, and and because they they rolled that dice, they ain't jumping to pay right now. They got to figure all this other stuff out. This is a big payday, man. Big payday. And I'm curious. I know John Shipley reported on Jaguars today earlier this week, and I'm curious to the extent that these negotiations, if they have happened, have gotten along, that could the Jaguars have a framework in place with Calvin Ridley for an extension because they're going to say to him, look, we know you want to be here. We want you here. We're going to come up with a friendly deal for both sides. We also know that if you're here, you would love to have a premier second-round pick mm-hmm. playing either alongside you or on the defensive side of the ball. It behooves both parties. And so let's handshake agreement and then say, okay, if we don't get a deal done with Josh Allen, we're going to tag him. But we have the deal with you, and at 401, Ooh, we sign on ifs. it. I agree. And that that's the thing. There's a lot of ifs. With a and, lot of money floating around. And I can't help but feel like – you can have that agreement in place heading into Indianapolis and the NFL Combine next week. You can have that agreement in place as the window for free agency and the tampering window yep. and the league year opens. Yep. But when Calvin Ridley sees how much money the Carolina Panthers, the Washington Commanders all have and would be willing to offer, you're going to tell me he's going to say, yeah, thanks, no thanks, I'm sticking in Jacksonville. Plus, it's also yeah, like I, it, I understand your, the, the scenario, and I, I agree with the, the conceptually what it is. Mm-hmm. But it all, that's also going to take everything coming off. Everything coming off as it should, which never happens. Look never. at the offensive yeah. line this past year. Right. Yeah. Not only that, what, what what if you can't get a second round pick, a, a wide receiver that's an impact guy in the second round? What if right. you, you know? What if it doesn't happen? Yeah, it, it's funny because I'm looking at this one piece, and, and there's so much out there right now that you, that you Jaguar fans, all of Duval, is tearing into trying to figure out what direction they're going to go. I always call it the off season uh, football math. It's free agency plus draft equals. That's what your season's right. going to look like going forward. And this team didn't do a whole hell of a lot in free agency last year because they were already in cap hell. And they're basically finding themselves in the same situation this year. They're not going to be able to go out and sign, I would think, premier or big name or multiple guys. But I look at the receiving core, and we've talked about this a bunch. Daniel Jeremiah is one example. 11 of his top 50 are wide receivers. 
And so if you start looking at the at the receiver game, and I'm just looking at one this morning, the top 100 players that are out there in the National Football League draft, if you cut it to the top 50, 20% are wide receivers. And so the Calvin Ridleys of the world, they're looking around going, yeah, there is going to be some big fat money, but what if a lot of these teams say, you know what, we're renewing our roster. We're going and getting that draft pick to be special in our receiving room as opposed to paying 20 plus million to you know to the likes of Calvin. If you would like to get in on the conversation, 641-1010, that's 904-641-1010 is the number to reach us at. And already some of you are chiming in from 716. Why would you think you could get a deal with Ridley done and not a Josh Allen deal done earlier? Allen should be the easier of the two. Well, the problem is, and yours truly may be to blame for part of this, Josh Allen is coming off of a career year in which he had 17 and a half sacks, the second most pressures in the National Football League, and is expected to be among the top five most coveted free agents on the open market. Calvin Ridley has publicly been noted to have perhaps not addressed alerts at the line of scrimmage, checks at the line of scrimmage, maybe run the wrong route a time or two, um, which again, maybe some on this program have perpetuated that reality. And perhaps that's gotten out into the ether. And thus maybe that's taken the asking price down a little bit for Calvin Ridley. Mm-hmm. If, yeah. if the Mike Evans and the T Higgins of the world are to hit free agency, then they become the go-to option for those teams with a wide receiver need and with the cap space available. I do not think that T. Higgins will hit free agency. Mike Evans, there's an outside chance. And that's where, especially in talking to people around the league, I can't help but feel like Calvin Ridley, despite all those shortcomings, would hit free agency and there would be plenty of suitors out there. The Jaguars perhaps feel like the asking price for Ridley would be more friendly to get done and get a quote-unquote hometown discount than one for Josh Allen, despite the fact that he's the one who's been here longer and, by all accounts, wants to be here. Yeah, so and- here, Here's another thing real quick, Joe. Mm-hmm. And we're talking about the wide receiver thing in the second round. Number one, when was the last time this, this franchise drafted and developed a wide receiver? It's been a minute. Okay. Yeah. That's number one. Yeah. Number two, start looking at Visca, these receivers. Hang on. Visca, uh, never mind. Never mind. Start uh-huh. looking at these receivers, okay? Yeah. Marvin Harrison, no doubt, mm-hmm. an impact. Oh, yeah. Malik Neighbors, I would say it's strong, no doubt. Mm-hmm. Ryan Thomas, next level. Mm-hmm. Okay. That guy okay. is some kind of good. Okay? I watched some tape of him this morning. Roma yeah. Dunzi. Mm-hmm. He can run. Yep. He can run. He's one of the special players that Washington had this year. Keon Coleman? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I think he's a really good player. Mm-hmm. Is he a guaranteed lock? Uh, no, but I like the fact that he is uber talented at his size. I, I haven't seen too many 6'4 catch returning punts. No, I get he, it. I get it. Xavier Worthy, A.D. Mitchell. Xavier Leggett, who I love at South Carolina. Yeah. yeah. But you Troy can get him Franklin. in the second or the third, by the way. Right. Jalen Polk. Uh, are any of these guys like where you're like, all right, we'll get them in the second round. We'll be good. I don't I don't know that that's a I don't put it this way. I think the wide receivers is a deep position this year because there are other positions are not as deep. Mm-hmm. And there's so many guys out there right, right. now that, that are in the draft that okay, well wide receivers deep and it's just I don't think it's as talented deep as I it's just, been in the I past. I just I guess I meant the the simple fact that if you do have roughly out of 50, you have 20% of the top no, 50 no, I agree. Yeah. that are available. That does put pressure on teams to say, hey, do we want to restart our financials? But then it in, goes in back the to room. can you draft and develop? Right. Oh, yeah. At, oh, that, of at that specific position, which and, and they the have way, not been able to do. Yeah. This this particular that, that coaching staff, I, I, what grade would you give the wide receiver coach this year? Remember all the hype and love that, that surrounded Hall when he came in? 
versus the job yeah. that they did with guys. None of the check with me's worked at the line of scrimmage, uh, which is a bad thing. But it's the enormous amount of cash you have to pay somebody in the free agent world versus the affordability of drafting and developing. That's what they're trying to figure out. Right. It's the known of what of free yeah. agency versus the unknown of the draft. Right. And so if you just take a look, and, and I don't know how good any of these guys are. I'll be the first to tell you that I was not on Puka Nakua as a star. Yeah, I'm not sure anybody coming was. out of BYU than Sean McVay. Yeah. yeah. I, I just honestly, I just did not know that this cat would come in and play to the level that he's played from the jump. Okay. Stepped out of a college football uniform, stepped into a rookie NFL uniform, and just was nuts good. And so you start taking a look, and, and you just have to figure out which of these guys is going to be that guy. They found him way down in the draft. So it's not like you've got to be yeah, well, reaching. I mean, it could be like Javon Baker at UCF, who mm-hmm. I think is going to be a really good yep, player. Yeah, I'm a Georgia kid. Yeah. I think he's going to be really good. He's another one, and that's where I think you, as much as you can look at a Brian Thomas and would he be there at 17? Probably. And does he have elite talent? Yes. I think you're going to see a Javon Baker in the third. I think you could see a Xavier Leggett in the second or third, who, by the way, also gives Troy you Franklin, returnability. Uh, just, yeah, yeah, Troy yeah. Franklin's a little yeah. a little too skinny. Roman Wilson's yeah. very similar. But, yeah. but he's also – Again, you got to develop them. Yeah. you got to develop them. Right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And, and look, the this coaching staff has to feel the heat as far as that part goes and making sure – now look, they is that had, your segue, Joe, yeah, to yeah, our uh, yeah. to our oh, ESPN discussion? Oh yeah, I definitely discussion. want to get into that. Okay, but they definitely have to make sure that they make the most out of what it is. Because all right, I, I just let's just set this up. We came into this year. Let's make this the ten ten take, and then we'll spin off of this, Casey. Now, Joe sees ten ten take, slow smoked and served up by Sonny's Barbecue, local pitmaster since '68. So Sonny's, they know their recipes. You get them right every single day, and they make sure they serve it up to you fast in a friendly way. And you can enjoy delicious barbecue. Doesn't matter what protein we're talking about—ribs, chicken, pork, turkey, whatever it might be. Make sure you drop on by any one of your area Sonny's and enjoy it. So they've got their recipes. And when you think of the recipe in the National Football League, today's NFL, play callers, the brilliant ones, are at the top of the coaching pyramid, okay? The Kyle Shanahan's, the Andy Reid's of the world. And there are others that are starting to rise big time because of the play call, play caller that they've become. Now, when Doug Peterson was here and we had this beautiful dream scenario in December of 2022 when this team just kept winning, kept winning, kept winning, finished the season six of seven uh, game win streak, win the AFC South, win a playoff game at home, all that stuff. He was regarded as one of the top play callers in the National Football League coming from the Andy Reid tree. Yet somehow, some way, this thing slipped away a little bit. Where is Doug Peterson in the play-calling hierarchy in the National Football League right now. So let's make that the 10-10 take, and let's get into this a little bit, because I just named Shanahan and Andy Reid, and there's no question that they would be considered two of the top guys. So the 33rd team, which is ESPN, you can have any opinion you want. You know who some of the the, the talking heads, the writers are uh, in that group, but they put together the best play callers, Mm. okay, the best play callers, in the National Football League, and they basically go through it where you're just looking from top to bottom who are the best. Now, just That take, could have been detrimental, by the way, for those yeah. watching on YouTube. Yeah. The water bottle was slowly inching All right, over so to the side. We're in the clear. Just, yeah, I was show, yeah, I was showing you. I didn't mean to do that. But who would be the best play caller in the National Football League? 
Andy would it be Reed. Shanahan? Would it be Andy Reid? Who would you put up there number one? Andy Reid has the head-to-head. Yeah. It, it, it would it would make sense to me that Andy Reid would be the number one guy because – Judge hard, on dubs. Yeah, hard, hardware, man, exactly. But they put Kyle Shanahan first. Okay, they put Kyle Shanahan first. They put, I didn't go either one. Yeah, it's it, fine. Look, this is, fine with either one. Yeah, it, it, but still – You're at that level. Recognize Reid is all I'm saying. And I well, would, I mean, Press Taylor's three, so, you know. Well, I'm getting to him. It may take me past three, but I'm going to get to him. But anyway, they have Kyle Shanahan one. They have Sean McVay second. And then they get to Andy Reid. What disrespect for the man uh, with the stash in Kansas City. Anyway, they do have him third overall because let's remind everybody, he has offensive coordinators, but he is the play caller. He is the man. And it was not uh, Eric Bieniemy. It wasn't Matt Nagy before. It wasn't Matt Nagy. This go around – so on and so forth. The fourth, Mike McDaniel. Interesting, because I do love his concepts and everything that he's done. But if you're Peaks keep, too early. Yeah. It, it, he, well, look, they, they, they ran into a buzzsaw in Kansas City. We, we saw that with everybody's offense against that defense. And they got hurt just yeah. on opposite sides of the ball in back-to-back years. Yeah, and just an, a hellish cold night that they had to go play in. And it just, they just could not get anything going. And that pass rush for Kansas City got to him. But McDaniel regarded as one of the better play callers. Anyway, they have him ranked fourth. They have Matt LaFleur ranked fifth. Hard to argue with that either. Okay, so now I've given you five names. And those are all recognizable names. Where does Doug Peterson rank? And let's put Doug Peterson. As a play caller? Yeah. Well, uh, let's, let's address this first. Do yeah, they have Doug put, or, or do they have Press? Let's put Doug Peterson slash Press Taylor. Up for oh, nomination. that just tainted the number. You um, better believe it. I figured I'd tell you now. Right. Okay. So it is a slash, though. Yeah. So because basically, the way they put the story together, it's the title is ranking every NFL offensive play caller entering 2024, and so they do the combo action. They don't do the combo action with Andy Reid, even though Matt Nagy's right there with him. They just flat out name because Andy's calling the plays. Because Andy's calling the plays. And so now, if I give you the Doug Peterson slash Press Taylor combo, because they're at least acknowledging that Press called a bunch of plays. We don't know how many Doug did, but Press was the offensive coordinator and had the call sheet. Where do you think they rank? 17. I feel like uh, – go ahead. I'm going to go lower. I'm going to go uh, 23. Okay, I feel like they're middle of the pack in a lot of people's minds because the offense stats suggest so. They're right in the middle of the pack. They're right where they're picking in the National Football League's draft yeah. in April. They are 17, okay? Now, let me just go through this real quick because we'll, we'll probably stay on this a little bit. But they're 17th. I'm going to see if I can give you a few more uh, that really, really shocked me. But let me just give you the before the Jags at 16 and the after Jags at 18, all right? And then we'll come back and we'll get into the rest of this list. Brian Dable and Mike Kafka are ahead of Doug Peterson and Press Taylor. Now, that's coach of the year from last year, and correct me if I'm wrong, did they not fall flat A on their face uh, this year? And yet they have Dougie. Just, just like this team. Same well, thing. but this team was 9-8, and eight, okay? And I, who fell flatter? That what team's were the picking six yeah. overall. I mean, what were the Giants? They were 7-10, and 10, is that right? Whatever they are, they're picking six overall. Yeah. Yeah, and so, and so anyway, I'm just thinking to myself, okay, I just didn't see that. Uh, Six and 11. I would, uh, I would not give them the – and then the guy behind them, 
Mike McCarthy slash Brian Schottenheimer. Okay, so let's just get into it a little bit. And where would you rank this offensive play caller? He can be called Press to you. He can be called Doug to you. He can be called Sherwood if you'd like to say that as well. Yeah, uh, Pug Dieterson. It doesn't matter. Whichever one you've got in your head, where would you put this offensive play caller? Okay, not just you can do it any way you want. The offense, but six four one ten ten. You can hit the text line designed by Lifetime Enclosures. You can find us on YouTube. Uh, search ten ten XL and throw a comment that way, and then we'll dig in because there's some surprises as far as some of the others that they ranked way higher than I expected. It's XL primetime. 1010XL is presented by Farrah and Farrah, exclusive injury law firm of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Protecting you and your family. Call 396-5555. Jacksonville, it's a big hair, heavy metal Friday on XL Primetime. Let's go, Casey Dobson. Crank those tunes. Ah, yes. It's been a, a game of musical chairs, if you may, on Producer Row on XL Primetime. We're happy to have Casey Gobson rocking with us on this big hair, heavy metal Friday. Welcome to XLP, Casey. I think this is only, what, your second or third time sitting in? Not the first, right? Yes. Uh, based off of the trash can lining with my vomit, I think it's three. Okay. All right. Hey, listen, we're, we're, <laughs> as, I, as I start every interview off with, I'm not going to ask your social security number. I'm not asking your blood type. We're just hanging out on a lovely Friday here at 1010XL 92.5. FM. Hopefully it's a little less painful than apparently the two previous installments. Uh, Casey, speaking of Big Hair Heavy Metal Friday, you have a special giveaway that we're going to be uh, looking forward to throughout the duration of today's program. I do, Mia. I have a pair of tickets to see this ZZ Top band at the Florida Theater on March 5th. If you can't win the tickets today, go to floridatheater.com for tickets. Are we giving them away right now? No, we're not. We're, we're just teasing, teasing it. We're teasing it. A little it. teaser. I like it. We're I like setting it. the scene. Setting so, whenever the scene. you hear some ZZ Top, we will tell you which time we are giving away. How many pairs? Three pairs? We have three. Yes, sir. Okay. Yeah, so it won't be every single time you're ZZ Top, but when we decide, we'll do it, and we'll give you a chance. But we're going to just kind of tap out with some ZZ Top today. So, six four one ten ten. if you want to throw a song suggestion, a big here heavy metal ZZ Top suggestion or any other rock and roll, you can definitely throw it Casey's way. Let's get back into our conversation. The 33rd team ranking, excuse me, the top play callers in the National Football League, your Jacksonville Jaguars tandem. Yes, I said tandem. There's a slash in there of Doug Peterson slash Press Taylor slated to be 17th among the 32 play callers in the National Football League. The text line designed by Lifetime Enclosures is the place to reach us at if you'd like to sound off on any sort of topic on today's program. From 716, if your team collapses late season, is one of the worst in the league on third and fourth down and in the red zone, <laughs> also leads the league in most run plays, uh, listed a bunch of other stuff, Yeah, how could you possibly be above 25th? Yeah, and honestly, you might say 17 is too damn high based on those stats, those numbers, and, and that's what we want to hear. That's why you can give us either an argue for or against. It doesn't matter. But I think 17 that's great is great respect for Doug yeah. Peterson is what that is. Yeah, it probably is. So here, let me just at least read what 33rd team put down as far as the 17th overall. And this is the offensive play callers in the National Football League. When Doug Peterson led the offense in 2022, the Jaguars looked good. They got off to a slow start. Uh, as was expected coming off the Urban Meyer era, uh, but they rounded into form during the last two months. Uh, short to intermediate passing game was as good as anyone's. With Press Taylor calling the offense in 2023, the unit looked disappointed. 
Uh, in fairness to Taylor, the offense line, offensive line took a step back, which affected the pass protection and the team's ability to run the ball. Taylor never found any answers to work around that, though. So there you go. So he's got them 17th. And as we said, front and back, you've got Dable and company, Kafka up there in New York, and then right behind him, Mike McCarthy and Shotty, who used to be. Here. One of our nooners, by the way, Matt, same, same sentiment as you explains there. Doug is top 10, Press is 25th. <laughs> So do the average. I think it's a lot. I think it's a lot that. I mean, huh. should we dovetail into this ESPN story yes, real we quick? Yes, absolutely it fits should. Right now. Yes, because yeah, I got to give you the other play callers, but let's at least keep it on this part of it. So this this ESPN story now, uh, the idea behind it is bold offseason moves for all thirty two teams. Mm-hmm. Okay, and the Jaguars move, the bold move that could change everything in the bold city. In the bold city, is taking away play calling duties from Press Taylor. <laughs> so, I mean, I don't know how bold that is. Yeah. You know what that is? That's addition by subtraction. Right. Is what I it mean, is. that's kind of like what should be done. I don't know if it's bold, but mm-hmm. that's. Here's the thing, is I'm I'm right there with Adam. What's his name mm-hmm. that wrote the great article? Um, that I want to give him his flowers. Adam Schatz. Thank you, Adam, because it's the point that so many of us have made in Duval over the last few months. With that said, I don't see a world in which Doug Peterson vocally comes out and says, I have taken the play calling away. This will be very quietly. He will say, we're collaborating. Mm -hmm. We're collaborating. It's a collaborative approach. And in reality, it will be Doug Peterson. Even if it's Press Taylor actually relaying the message to Trevor Lawrence in his ear, akin to when Eric Bieniemy mm-hmm. was the OC of yeah. the Chiefs, although I know that's been highly disputed as well, as well as when Doug was the OC of the Chiefs. I believe that Doug Peterson will be calling the plays, whether he outwardly says that or not. Yeah, I, I, does does I, he believe that Press Taylor is the problem with the play calling? I think there's. I think loyalty can get in the way in a big, fat way, and I think that that's probably what has happened. I, I mean, or does he believe that, injuries? Yeah. The offensive line underperformed. Right. I, I, I receivers think, were injured. Does he believe that, or does he believe the play calling really was? No, bad? I, I think he probably goes in the in the line that you just described. Right. In other words, he's making excuses in his mind for the excuse of a play caller that that maybe everyone else is pointing to. Okay, and so he's now got to decide. And this is where I said yesterday: this th- there's tough love for Trev out there. There also needs to be tough love for Doug. Doug needs 100%, to have that a hundred percent. Yeah, that okay. I need to course correct. And get back to what that feeling, the accomplishment, the uh, look of this team was in November, December, right. and January of 22 and 23, as oh. opposed to what it was down the stretch this year. He has to put pressure on himself to make this a better football team overall. Go back to that part mm-hmm. about he doesn't like, he knows what it became. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's well, what I, I was told, and we heard Doug Peterson in his season ending press conference say, I know the problems. I believe I know how we can fix them. Yeah. So there's that part of it. And I can tell you from the multiple people I have spoken with, Doug Peterson knows what this offense became and was not happy with what it became. Whether you want to interpret that as play calling, if you want to interpret that as structure, the actual system that was created. Because don't forget, last offseason, Doug Peterson said he wanted Trevor to have input. He wanted Press to have input. From what I've been told, he kind of said to those two, go in a corner and design the offense, then Mm -hmm. come back to me. I'll approve it. We'll go from there. 
That's not happening this year. No. I can tell you that right off the bat. And so if if and I believe it to be true. I really do. I feel like Doug looks around and goes, "You know what? I can't people refer to me as a Super Bowl winning coach." And it's funny, Matt, whenever we set up our arguments, uh, Billy Napier, all right, first off, he's not going to get fired. Now, we are we going to start going with the, the Doug Peterson? I know he won a Super Bowl, but, you know, and so you've got to get to a point where he wants to prove and must prove that the second go-around that he's not going to be added to a list of former Super Bowl winning coaches that did not work out at their next stop. i, I got to believe that he wants – he knows he's got a gifted quarterback a, a, a lot of other good pieces that he's got to go out there and say, this is mine. Okay. This is mine. I better make sure I do a damn good job uh, with what I've got. Or he'll be out of a job. Yes. 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 I mean, yes. I, I don't, th- there's no doubt about that. Like if, if this franchise quarterback has another season where he's got 20 turnovers, cause he's averaged 20 a year. Mm-hmm. He has yeah. another 20 turnover season. That's going to be a problem for Doug Peterson. Yeah. A Heck big yeah. problem. And, and look, because the guy and everyone says, well, it's all about the players. Well, no, coaches make players. They really do. They they have as big a hand in it and can make them better. Uh, and we've gone through countless examples of other guys that, that have succeeded player and coach. There's, there's too much good in Trevor Lawrence to not think he shouldn't be among the top eight to ten quarterbacks. Yeah, yeah. That's uh, the whole point. Yeah. Uh, I just want to hit these other play callers real quick, just for what it's worth. Sean Payton is sixth. Uh, like, he was – but is he okay? Because I did love. Wait, wait. Let, let's uh, I, I, st- stick a pin in that. Yeah. Because in the one o'clock hour, I want to run through some mock drafts I'm seeing floating around. Sean Payton saying a couple weeks ago at the Super Bowl that he needs to fall in love with a quarterback in this draft class. Well, he he was one of the like, guys. He was one of the guys that was crazy forever when it came to quarterbacks. But when he had Drew Brees, the player and the coach, it all lined up beautifully. Uh, I don't know whether Sean Payton's a great play caller right now. They had their little run, their win streak, and then they end up benching Russ. Kevin O'Connell is considered the next best play caller. Then you've got Shane Steichen, who was mentioned next. And here's a guy who did some good things in Indianapolis. Is he a top 10 play caller? Nah. Uh, Kevin Stefanski. He had four different quarterbacks. Yep. Got to give him credit. He's a top tenner, at least according to this list. Uh, ben Johnson, next in line. Then Todd Munkin. And my whole point is, is that there's a lot of guys that are stepping into the arena. They are stepping in. Doug's been a play caller for a long time. You didn't even say Bobby Slowick. For the yeah, Texans. I haven't gotten to him yet because yeah. they were actually a little more critical of him. Oh, he was behind Jacksonville wow. because he got stuck on the run. At least that's some of the stuff that they said about him. The next one is Drew Petzing from Arizona, the twelfth, and that one really got me. Like, what the hell are we talking about? And then the next one is Dave Canales and Brad Isaac. Isaac just got hired. He hasn't played a uh, call to play. Canales gets credit for what he did with, with Baker. So you think so you think Peterson slash Taylor should be higher is what you're saying? Uh, overall, yeah. Higher than the he next He has higher guy. expectations. Yeah. Like, he, he holds the two of them to, or at least yeah. Doug, to a higher Doug. standard. Yeah, Doug. And, again, I love what the text. It's more said. weighted for Doug than it is exactly. for Exactly. I love what, what the text said. Doug's 10, Press is 25th. Uh, Arthur Smith is 14. Okay, I'm not going to give Arthur Smith credit over Doug Peterson. Especially because we don't know who his quarterback's yeah, going to be in and, Pittsburgh, and we didn't know who his quarterback was the last three years yeah, in Yeah, as a play caller. And, and let me take it back on, on, on Bobby Slowick. I thought he was behind him, but he was 15th, so he was uh-huh. just ahead. I'm not even sure you can add Doug Peterson after last year because yeah. Doug Peterson is the one who said Press Taylor was the play caller. Yeah, but if you're going to give Arthur Smith credit for what he did in Nashville – 
So really, this should give be Doug Press Taylor. For what he did in Philly. No, I understand that, yeah. but I mean, I mean, the reality is this should be Press Taylor. Mm-hmm. So Press Taylor, it sh- he should be a lot lower than 17. I'll tell you that. Well, middle of the pack is kind of what this team was. They were middle of the pack. They were nine and eight. Now maybe, maybe our friend Adam, what's his name again? Aaron mm-hmm. Schatz. Aaron Schatz. Maybe Aaron is thinking the same thing me is thinking that mm-hmm. that Doug's going to call plays this mm-hmm. year. Yeah. He will be the play caller, and that's why it's kind of a slash thing. Yeah, I, because I, if, if you're going just on last year, right? I mean, that's he should yeah. be 28. Right, and they list this for 24 going into this year. But I firmly believe he is going to take more control and make sure this is his instead of someone else. So here is the writing, the write-up, excuse me, from Aaron Schatz on ESPN+. Plus. Taylor has been working for Doug Peterson since their days with the Eagles. Peterson publicly gave Taylor his support after the season ended after the Jaguars missed the playoffs. It's unlikely Peterson would cut Taylor off at the knees by taking the play calling away from him, but perhaps he should. The Jaguars ranked 14th in pass offense DVOA last season after ranking 8th with Peterson calling the plays in 22. A team with Trevor Lawrence really should not be around the league average when it comes to passing the ball. The run offense DVOA also declined, going from 22nd to 26th. Peterson was hired in part because of his abilities as a play caller. He needs to be using those abilities. There's no question injuries played a part. Lawrence is responsible for many of his own turnovers. To our point yesterday, Matt, Lawrence mm-hmm. is responsible. Mm-hmm. What's DVOA, by the way? Um, defensive. Hold on, me. It's value on I average. It's like such a something new term. So this is like a defense Dif- adjusted value, value over, over average. average. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I like I like war. Uh, over I just DVOA. like watching guys, and you can tell. Hey. That guy's a good play caller. That guy's not. Yeah. And look. DVOA, it, Joe. Yeah. It's funny because, well, they've got so many metrics right now, and they've got DVOA for all sorts of things. Uh, and it's 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 moved into my gambling world. Trust me on this. I see DVOA, DVOA. all over the place. I'd rather go wins above replacement because I like wins, uh, period. Uh, but when he, when he says that, at the very least, there is acknowledgement that the quarterback became a little more mistake-prone than mistake-free. Yeah. So. He's got to fix that part of it. You fix that part of it, and you fix this offensive line. I think that's Look, what Doug truly yeah, believes. Yeah, I'm also Things not naive to think quickly. that. I'm also not naive to think that some of Trevor's turnovers were because structurally it was a bad system. Maybe. So I'm not naive to think why it's not that. Of course, it's part of it. It's all part of it. It like, all is. Yeah, and we we talk about this all the time. You see certain offenses that don't look stressed. They look like they move. The and Niners they, get that high load yeah. at route open every single yeah. third down. They every move. Time. They have rhythm. They're confident. They don't miss. If they have to get a third and two, they've got the play. Sometimes it'll be a run. Sometimes it'll be a throw. But they've got the play. Whereas this football team stood in a huddle on third and one and didn't know what to call because it was third and one. And so that's a, that is a bad situation. And I do think uh, you operate with confidence the more success you have. I don't know how many times we said, we've said this in the last two years. Why do, why do other teams' receivers get open? These guys can't separate here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay? I believe me. It, it, that's structural crazy. That's conceptually what they're doing. And that's where you can be critical of the play caller and play yeah, Of course you can, yes. That's his job as mm-hmm. an offensive coordinator to find plays, find routes. Okay, but let's remind everybody. That can expose if, specific defense. If receiver can't get open – no, I then, get all that. Yeah, I the, get all that. That's, but that's that's a lot of bad. Not just one thing that's bad. Not just a play call that's bad. I get all <laughs> that's that. That's a lot of bad. There's a lot of times in the NFL, a lot of times, mm-hmm. when guys are running three and four yards away. Mm-hmm. Like I keep saying this, 
and it's the Niners, and I get it, it's the Niners. That high-low concept is open every damn time. Mm-hmm. Every time. And and Purdy just sits back there. They protect him long enough. It's all part of it. I get it. You got to protect. You got to throw on time. And it's got to be open. And he just, it's like taking candy for them. Mm-hmm. It's oh, yeah. nothing for them, that play. From 910 on the text line brought to you by Lifetime Enclosures. Joe, wait till you hear of Havoc. It's catching on in college football betting. That's the H-A-V-O-C. <laughs> Is it really? Havoc? Oh, man. I think it's a joke. I think that's in jest. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Let me tell you something. I try to keep track of everything, and these metrics are just kind of – they're making my, my, my brain bananas. I, it, it already is on the way to mush. Uh, I don't need any more uh, calculations and factors and uh, extractables that I need to figure out. That's for sure. Uh, by the way, the 33rd team has Brian Callahan, 22nd, only five spots below uh, your Jaguars uh, brain trust. And so it's Brian Callahan and Nick Holes listed together uh, up there in Tennessee. <laughs> Where's uh, Zach Taylor listed? Yeah, yeah. Uh, It's funny that they listed Callahan – they listed Joe Brady down low, which was a surprise. Where'd they put, wait, wait, but no, but where is that? Cal- yeah, Brian Callahan didn't call plays in uh, Cincinnati. Yeah, and, and and they have Cliff Kingsbury they listed. They have a duo that has never called plays yeah. in the National Football League 22nd. Yeah, and uh, I, honestly, I I, have, I I don't remember seeing Zach Taylor, honestly, right now. I'm sure he was. Uh, it's probably a knock on him because they've consistently been – bottom five and running the ball oh yeah. huh, huh, oh uh, th- that's funny yeah that sounds familiar both of them right taylor's uh, and look this football team needs to figure out how to run the football and have those plays designed and worked on and the and the the blocking schemes figured out phil rauscher along with the new people that have been brought in on the offensive side of the ball and press and doug Every last one of them needs to figure out how to make sure that they do not ignore or abandon the run game. And I I do want to note as well, um, we touched on this a little bit yesterday. Our buddy Gus Logue uh, illuminated it even more hilariously on Twitter. Gustavo. The Jaguars have not replaced Nick Holes. They have not hired a passing game coordinator. Interestingly enough, they also do not have a run game coordinator at this time. Mm -hmm. Phil Rauscher doesn't have that title. Uh, The new running backs coach does not have that title. So just file that one away mm-hmm. for later yeah, because historically speaking, when Doug Peterson was in Philadelphia and also here in Jacksonville, he's divided his offensive staff as, okay, you're in charge of third down plays, you're in charge of red zone plays, you're in charge of middle of the field, and that's kind of how he divvies it up between the quarterback's coach, running back's coach, offensive line coach, et cetera. But, you know, for a team that struggled so mightily to run the ball, it's just interesting mm-hmm. um, that they, you know, didn't go out and say, hey, we need somebody who's proven – they can run the ball, and you know maybe our boy Jerry Mack. Maybe that's what he's brought in to do. Well, I look. I know, and there's different interpretations of what a passing game coordinator, or a run game coordinator is. And Coach Campbell will be coming in in the one o'clock hour, and he'll give us a, a, a little more of his take on that, and maybe why they didn't uh, fill those positions. But that I see it always as game planning, and that you're doing advanced scouting on how you're going to be successful against that defense you're facing, and and hopefully Coach can can fill in the blanks there. But yeah, this also may be back to Doug will be the man offensively. I and and we have always referred to it as there's a good brain trust offensively that this that this staff has when Doug put it all together. But at the same time, it's that old classic line, too many cooks in the kitchen. You just need to go back to scheming it up and doing it the way you want. All right, Casey, we got a real quick that, so let's go ahead and hit it, my man. That just 
happened. Brought to you by Florida Home AC, the official air conditioning partner of the Jacksonville Jaguars. The NFL has announced that the 2024 salary cap will be $255.4 million wow. per club. That's an additional $74 million per club payment for player benefits, which includes performance-based pay, it, benefits for retired players. Total player costs will be three twenty nine point four. More than $10.5 billion league-wide. The unprecedented $30 million increase per club yeah. in this year's salary cap is the result of the full payment of all amounts advanced by the clubs and deferred by the players during the COVID pandemic. What this means, $11 million mm-hmm. before cuts, before cap casualties, 43. No, 11. I'm bad at math. 41. Mm-hmm. $41 million what in cap space. A lot just changed is yeah. what it means. Yeah. For your Jacksonville. A lot just changed. In a major way. And it's funny because we knew going in it. How many times did we say this? We expect there to be a big spike in 2024 in the salary cap. Oh, also it's because of media revenue. Forgot that part. But you're you're not surprised when I say that. No, it's because they brought in the extra streaming dollars and uh, the uh, the extra game, the evolution of that over two-season period. All that stuff's coming in. But uh, this isn't the only team that just got well. you got to remind yourself of that. But that's – major when it comes to making sure that this team can make a a Josh Allen decision, a Calv decision, a future Trev decision. Yeah, that's big. The replies to Ian Rappaport of the NFL Network's report on this are absolutely hilarious on (laughs) X. Uh, Thanks to Taylor Swift. The Saints are still in the red. Uh, Dak Prescott to Jerry Jones right now, the pay me my money gift. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Fantastic. Yeah, because Dak is expecting he could get a $59 million number. Just imagine. It's crazy. Oh, all right. So that is $11 million now, up to $41 million is what you're looking at, a $30 million addition to the cap. And then they still, I would think, this team, maneuver and restructure some contracts. Oh, I don't yeah. know whether that makes – I know, but it's funny. I don't know whether that makes it easier or more difficult to say to Rayshon, hey, bro, we got to restructure this if he's, if he's going to be back or whomever uh, because they may go, wait a minute. You just had all this extra cap money put in there. You telling me to restructure? I don't know. I don't know. It's cash, though, man. It's oh, different. yeah. It's oh, cash. that's what they want. They like that up front. And yeah. they like the cash up front. Yeah, exactly. So they'll, they'll, they'll take that. Let's keep with this news about how the Jaguars will now have $41 million in cap space compared to 11 before cap casualties and look ahead to, of course, what this means for Josh Allen, expected to play on the tag, perhaps, if a deal cannot be done in the next two weeks and the franchise tag is applied to the standout outside linebacker as well as looking at some of these mock drafts yes it is that time of the year folks and there is one from cbs sports tom fornelli that we have to talk about not just because of who he has the jaguars selecting at 17th overall but the chaos and the carnage and the trades that we could see for such a peculiar quarterback class here in the 2024 nfl draft this is xl primetime that a lot of you out there, you Nooners, grew up on. You looked it. You felt it. You lived it. ZZ Top coming to the Florida Theater March 5th. And as Rick Blue has often said, one of the best three-man bands in America. So let's hook them up. 
If you guys want to go see ZZ Top, we'll take caller number four, pair of tickets. Casey, you will take caller number four, and this is the first of three pairs, correct, that we are giving away. Yes, sir. All right, so be listening. Uh, more chances to come, but caller number four at 641-1010. You got a chance. Casey will hook you up with those tickets to go see ZZ Top. Don't forget Florida Theater March 5th and floridatheater.com if you don't win to make sure you get tickets. So we just mentioned the news of the increased dollars in the cap, and me immediately said it as soon as Mia said it is that not just this team gains dollars, every team gains dollars. So it's not like this one team has flexibility over everyone else. They all have the opportunity to use it. Now it's just a matter of how you're going to do it. I get such a kick out of Jaguar fans. Mm -hmm. And part of it is you've been conditioned that free agency is like the most exciting time because unfortunately the track record of drafting has not been there. Mm -hmm. So free agency, it's like, ooh, time to go shopping. I've got multiple people since I tweeted this out who've replied with, Few moves, and we're going to go shopping, hopefully. Yeah, yeah, you can't help it. I don't think you guys understand that, like, yes, this does create some ca- some flexibility, but teams are not built in the National Football League via the super team method of just going out and signing a million guys and it just pans out like that. Number mm-hmm. one, the salary cap and the cap number and thresholds and what have you prevent such super teams. Mm-hmm that are paid primarily through free agency from actually happening. You also happening. You also have to draft well oh. to create such a super team. Yeah, and we, we said it a, 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 a thousand different ways, is that if you can com, com, you know, work the combination of where you go out and you get one or two guys and you place them on a football team that you have drafted and developed well, well then, yeah, you can afford some of those free agent spends because you bring them in, they're plug and play. You get the immediate results. But if you don't have all that other stuff working, forget about it. You could even go back to the Los Angeles Rams when they won. They went and got OBJ, Von Miller, and, and Matt Stafford. They produced a Super Bowl champion by surrendering first-round picks and using their ability to go out and maneuver in, either in free agency or in trades because they definitely did uh, the OBJ and the Von Miller trade uh, during uh, – uh, you know, at a different point. It wasn't like they were going out there and signing a bunch of guys in free agency. They made moves for veterans to make sure that they could win. But you have to have the other pieces of the puzzle there, or it ain't going to happen. You well, have. It's also good to take care of some guys in your own locker room, yeah. too. Oh, yeah. yeah. Like Leon says it like all the time. They're going to have to deal with – they're going to have to deal with Cisco and Tyson Campbell mm-hmm. and Walker Little. And yeah. Those are guys they're going to have to deal with at some point. And well, this is – consistently going to be my critique of Trent Bulky, regardless of what happens in this situation moving forward. He sat up there and said, we need to start paying our own guys. Mm-hmm. You're going to need to start paying your own guys. Josh Allen, Andre Cisco, Tyson Campbell, if you want to put Calvin Ridley. you're going It's yeah. time to put your money where your mouth is, Trent. Well, and I understand you paid Devon Hamilton. I understand you paid Cam Robinson. But it needs to be these guys that are not just guys you developed and drafted, but guys you drafted, developed, and have been on the verge, if not already, pro bowlers. Well, if you're going to be regarded as a guy who's building a roster and doing it properly, then you darn sure hope you're signing your guys to second contracts. And that's basically what he is potentially doing because he was the guy when most of these decisions were made. 
Josh Allen was plucked before him out of the draft when, when Caldwell was in charge. But a lot of these other ones that we just mentioned, they were all when Irv and Balky first got their draft together, when Doug and Balky have had their last two drafts. Those are the guys that they're expecting to get second contracts if they do pan out. And if you do have a situation where you have second and third round picks in the Cisco's, the Campbell's, the Littles of the world that you are re-signing, then you've done a pretty good job or you've done a better than average job because you now have second contracts, guys that you can keep in place as starters. And so that, that's the name of the game. And then you got the big price tag, of course, that's going to be coming with Trevor. But you could still count Calvin Ridley as one of your guys because you made the decision to do it. You can count Evan Ingram as one of your guys because mm-hmm. you made the decision to bring does. him in. And then you tagged him, and then you signed him to a long-term deal. He's your guy. Uh, and from a financial point of view, they paid him well. They made sure that it was fairly fiscally responsible. Uh, and they, they have a guy, a weapon that they desperately need to keep so Trevor can be the guy that he needs to be. I mean, that, you have to have all these things working, man. And, and so I'm not crazy about the money that they spent on Brandon Sheriff, but they were reaching. They were trying to get an experienced guy inside to do the job and help bring along uh, an inexperienced center in Luke Fortner when they brought him in. Now you just got to figure out how to get out of that one and move on and, and find that next guy that's going to be able to play that position and play it well. That's well, where they're at. Yeah, I mean, that's you. at this point, you could, you could easily argue that their entire middle three could be new. Mm-hmm. They could have a completely different middle three yeah. start the season. Yeah. If if they if they really are moving on from Fortner, I don't think they are. But if they if they are, mm-hmm. you could easily see that, right? Sure. Yeah. I mean, that's I don't think there's any question that could happen, especially it, it, if if a lot of ifs here. If yeah. Cooper Hodges be, develops into the guy they think he can be, you absolutely could have a right. new middle three, which is not way, a bad thing, by the yeah, way. Yeah. And by the way, Ezra may be the most uh, uh, retainable of the bunch, or meaning keeping his job, not just retaining him, but keeping his starter's role over a Fortner or a Sheriff, and he was the guy that just arrived here most recently. And so an opportunity is there. And look, I'd love for Cooper Hodges to be a great story. Baker County's own, all that kind of stuff. If he were to do it, that'd be great. But we have no way of knowing whether that guy's going to be able to be better. I'd a, love for him to do it because he's a what? Sixth or seventh round pick? Seventh. Seventh. Yeah, yeah. That's it'd why be, I would love for him to do it because yeah. then you're saving money. Yeah, affordability and make sure that you find guys deep and in the And you can develop can a guy, exactly. yeah. Exactly. Um, I want to keep this program serious. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Can you both take a little peek at the text line brought to you by Lifetime Enclosures? Listen, I don't mind. Can we hit a that, Casey? Because uh... that just happened. Brought to you by Florida Home AC, the official air conditioning partner of the Jacksonville Jaguars. We have a submission for the Twitter Hall of Fame. I don't mind one of our serious. Did somebody catch me picking my nose? Because I'm sorry. Nope. This is even better. What's here? What is it? Do you see it? No. It's the tw- you have it pulled up right now. Oh god. Oh, uh, okay. Uh, sweet Lou, I love that man. Sweet Lou, Lou Turner, yeah. our good buddy, my former coworker. Yeah. All right, so I'm gonna be the one that has to say it because none, neither you guys are gonna. Do I it. need Lou to get Turner, some local honey this weekend. Which, which hacker responds? Quote tweets that. That was my goal every weekend when I was in college, man. <laughs> All right, so Sweet Lou is looking for some local honey. And hackers offering to help. So if you can help and come up with some local honey, do it. But what cracks me up is that hacker says that was my goal 
every week when I was in college. Let me tell you something, and I'll announce it to TLD proudly. It's still my goal every right, weekend. Right. Okay, not just when I was in college, big man. Uh, right, why should it change now? Unbelievable. We've had too serious a program so yeah. far. Too much meat and potatoes. And we got really serious about ten seconds ago when Sophie walked in. Was that? Just yes. happened. Brought to you by Florida Home AC, the official air they conditioning partner we're, of the we're Jacksonville Jaguars. Round of here, applause. Yeah, let's Casey. go. Casey Dobson, round of applause. Well, Sophie and young John Party bringing us popcorn into the 1010XL studio. The other thing that needs to be said is that we have a popcorn machine here at 1010XL, and so we love it. And Matt has now kind of gone to craving on Fridays, you know, with his Awaken 180. Yeah, he's like, he just got a little craving on Friday. And so anyway, it was explained that, yeah, we can pop some corn, but. Somebody's got to clean it. Somebody's got to take care of it afterwards. And so it's a little bit of an operation. Apparently, think, it's like 15 minutes to clean yeah, the building. Yeah, I think that so, is, so I'll in have fact, to that out. I think that is, in fact, what might have driven Hacker away from his uh, gainful uh, movie theater employment back in the day. But having <laughs> to actually clean it. And so you have now volunteered to clean the popcorn machine. Might not be happy about it, but yeah. I have. All right, I love it. Good news, Hack. You can eat popcorn when you're on Awaken 180. And yeah. also, Nooners, this is why you watch the program and all of our programming from 6A to 10P on the YouTube stream because you never know who's going to pop into the 1010XL studio. Well, we got fresh popcorn. We're loving that part of it. All right, so let's keep it going. And, and we're just talking a little bit about, you know, what this team can do. And heck, yeah, uh, it, it's an important time. And all you Jaguar fans are trying to figure it out. So we'll keep going on that subject. Uh, as far as what they can do, extra dollars, are they there? What's going to happen next? We also need to slide into our college football uh, world coming up here yeah, in just a second. Yeah, we need to do that before mm-hmm. Coach Campo joins us. I also do want to get to this Tom Fornelli CBS Sports mock draft because mm-hmm. um, it just represents, number one, the consensus right now regarding this quarterback class all over the ballpark, as well as the carnage we could see in the top ten, teams trading up, trading down. Definitely worth exploring as the 1 o'clock hour rolls on right here on XL Primetime. The First Coast Honda Dealer Studios on 1010XL. Now, another classic moment in Jags history. And it's intercepted. Mathis, he's got it. He's going back the other way at the 40-yard line. Looking for a block. He's got it. Richie down the sideline. 20, 15, 10, 5, touchdown. 1010XL. Now, the Florida Gator Report on 1010XL. Brought to you by Darling's Plumbing. Florida Gator basketball jumped to number 24 in the AP rankings after their win against the Bulldogs. They then pushed number 13 Alabama to overtime on Wednesday night, but ultimately fell 98-93. to Walter Clayton Jr. put up 27 points in the loss, while both Zion Pullen and Will Richard notched 17. The Gators face Vandy this Saturday at 1 p.m. I'm Frank Franzi, and I'm so impressed with Darley's Plumbing and the work they're doing at our new walk-off charities field. The Darley's team has been so easy to work with on this great project. Our heard good reviews about them for years and they have absolutely proved it to me i learned darley's is a company i can trust for my plumbing needs and you can too thanks for those kind words frank at darley's plumbing we don't just do residential house calls we're your first draft pick for commercial business plumbing too darley's plumbing where quality counts Get ready for the Players' Championship, March 12th through 17th at TPC Sawgrass. Don't miss your chance to watch the PGA Tour's best compete to etch their name in history while enjoying a vibrant social scene. From local bites to the latest merchandise available in the PGA Tour fan shop, the Players offers the ultimate experience for everyone to enjoy. Secure your spot today. Tickets are on sale now at theplayers.com. Tom here from Taco Lou. 
Now that football season has come and gone and it's getting a little warmer outside, it must be time for more golf. At least for us anyway. If you love golf and you love tacos, we've got your spot out at 12. Tacos on 12, of course. It's time for the players. And we couldn't be more excited. We'll be slinging tacos behind 12 green all week long. You golf fans make your way, our way, for a great bite and maybe even a margarita or two. We'll be live at the players. 15,000 workers. I'm Brian Rose from Remedy Staffing. We survey 15,000 blue-collar workers each year to better understand what drives quality and dependability in our workforce. The survey shows when looking for a new job, the initial pay rate, job security, and safety while working are the most important factors for hourly workers. If you're an employer and would like to learn more about the voice of the blue-collar worker, please call us at 904-528-1933. Start your Sunday off with a cup of joe and some sports medicine intel. This is Joe C. inviting you to join me and Dr. George Bari for Breaking Bones every Sunday morning at 7.30. And if you miss an episode, just look for Breaking Bones wherever you listen to podcasts. Jimerson Burr is a full-service Florida-based commercial law firm dedicated to helping businesses manage risk, maximize opportunities, and move their company forward. Jimerson Burr attorneys are business-oriented lawyers equally comfortable as community leaders, private transaction counselors, or courtroom advocates. If you have a legal issue of any kind affecting your business, contact the firm at 389-0050 or jimersonfirm.com. Do you have clicking, popping, swelling, or pain in your knee or shoulder? This can be due to arthritic changes in your joints. Over time, you have wear and tear of your cartilage. I am Dr. George Bari, and here at Bari Orthopedics, we have numerous ways to treat your arthritis, such as regenerative medicine, including PRP and joint replacements with CT guidance for accuracy down to the millimeter. If you are experiencing any of these symptoms, call us for an appointment today or log on to bariorthopedics.com. Find out more at bariorthopedics.com. That's B-A-H-R-I orthopedics.com. Exciting news from All Pro Roofing. Effective right now, you can get an instant roof quote. Just click the Instant Roof Quote tab on their website. Whether you're in need of roofing, exterior siding, or windows, All Pro Roofing is your local partner for quality craftsmanship. Click the Instant Roof tab and voila, get an instant quote. It's that simple. Click on the Instant Roof Quote tab today at allproofingllc.com. License number CCC 1327056. CBC 060138. This time of the year, professional landscapers are busy getting ready for spring, and that means a visit to AgPro for Pro Days. That's the day when your local AgPro dealership displays all the very latest John Deere lawn and garden equipment for 2024. Come get professional advice, the lowest prices of the season on new mowers and accessories, and plenty of free giveaways. Don't miss Pro Day, coming to your neighborhood AgPro store on Friday, February 23rd from 7.30 till 5. It's one day only and one day you don't want to miss. Learn more now at agrocompanies.com. It's the 60th Bob Hayes Invitational Track Meet, March 14 through 16. Track events will be held at Hodges Stadium on the campus of UNF. Thursday, March 14, the annual Hall of Fame Gala at the Potter's House International. Friday, March 15, the first collegiate meet at 10 a.m. And the Coach Day Middle School Track Meet, 5 p.m. On Saturday, March 16, the annual Bob Hayes Invitational Track and Field Meet at 8.30 a.m. at Hodges Stadium. For information and tickets, visit bhitm22.org. Presented by the City of Jacksonville and Pepsi. 1010XL is presented by Farrah & Farrah, exclusive injury law firm of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Protecting you and your family. Call 396-5555. Jacksonville, it's a big hair, heavy metal Friday on XL Primetime. 
Don't let me forget Casey Dobson. I uh, I do have a song request from my father. Second week in a row that Silent Walt has. Wait, he's not gonna be happy that you're, you're talking of a white snake right now. I guarantee you. That. Um, he will text you shortly, Sandy. He says, "No, he's looking for more Def Leppard." So interesting. Again, I didn't know this this musical library existed in my, in my father's wheelhouse. Uh, I also didn't realize that Joe Cower prefers burnt popcorn. I love. What that. kind of monster are you? Well, I have the this show's summer. over. He likes it all. Everything burnt. I like, like everything, everything burnt. is burnt with him. And so my uh, dream of a cookbook one day is just because it's burnt doesn't mean it's bad. Uh, and I think there are so many things that you can just kind of take right to the edge. Chicken wings. Oh, crispiness. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. My wife loves a burnt hot dog. Mm, yeah, I, I, yeah, yeah, that yeah, I could yeah. see. I yeah, could yeah, see that. Yeah, yeah. Like we'll take a, yeah, a, a brat yeah. or a dog, grill. and we'll pull some of them off of the grill, and they'll leave four or six, whatever. Close the lid, and don't come back. Basically, for another ten or fifteen minutes. You know what's really you. good is when you're making the grilled cheese, the burnt cheese. Mm, yeah. Yep. Yeah. 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 That Everything is the good stuff. a little extra cooked. Crispy. Yeah. But burnt. Good. I don't like when the kernels. Although right now I am choking on popcorn because yeah. that's the danger of us eating it during the show. It's okay. That's that's why they call us the lunch bunch. Yeah. Um, thank you to our friend who we handed it off from on Jaguars today, Mike Dempsey, for clarifying. So in case you're just joining us, the NFL announced the 2024 salary cap will be 255.4 million per club. That would be a 30 million increase per team, thanks to revenue and the after effects of paying back what had been deferred during the COVID-19 pandemic. Um, the Jaguars were slated, according to Over the Cap, to have $11 million. Now, on Over the Cap, it says they're at 24.6. According to Mike Dempsey, Over the Cap had already projected the cap to rise to $242 million. A big part of the overall $30 million increase was already factored in. Every team has approximately $30 million more, 13, excuse me, $13 million more today, not thirty. Million more well, it's, today it's, on over the cap. It's thirty. It's just they had it projected otherwise. But from last year, it's mm-hmm. thirty. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah so but it was already factored in. Yeah, yeah. And that's what yeah. I asked him because I'm like, well, wait a minute. If it just says eleven million over, then exactly where is it at? So there's no real feeling that you get to add that extra dollar that they said would I be guess, projected. I guess, but you can project all you want until it actually million. happens. It doesn't happen, yeah, you know yeah, what I mean? Exactly. So this would suggest the Jaguars are looking at $24.6 million in cap space with this news today from the National Football mm-hmm. League, as opposed to $41 million, which at least my math was predicting that. Um, I'm not that good at math. I'll leave it to Mike Dempsey. Um, and therefore, there you go. About yeah. $25 million before cap casualties. And so what they'll do is they'll still do the things that they need to do, which is to look at the – players that they think have wiggle room in their contracts free up some cash they did a bunch of them last year they were able to corral some real cash to make sure they were able to go out and do stuff so you know do it again everyone's going to be using their uh crafty math in the off season to make sure they get to that number and then go from there so would we like to do speaking of dollars and cents would we like to do the mock draft from CBS Sports now, Josie, or do we want to defer to the college football ranks and all the money and yeah. dollars and cents going on over there right I now? I just wanted to bring up the, the college football, and then we'll probably work, work it back in with Coach when, when he pops in as far as some of the other in the National Football League. But Nick Saban sits down with Chris Lowe 
of ESPN, and he's going to be part of ESPN College Game Day. He is going to be a force. I think we're all looking forward to hearing what Nick has to say. Uh, and I hope he's critical. I hope he's funny. I hope he glosses where he wants to, but at least, you know, give us a little bit more of Nick because as the head coach of one team, he was guarded in a lot of ways. Uh, and he all he did was just go out and kick butt on a fairly regular basis. So hopefully he kicks butt on college game day now. So he has decided as soon as he stepped away as the head coach of Bama that he is going to try and make his mark on college football and I do believe that he will sit on – and you could describe it any way you want, Matt. Uh, he will sit in a chair that will not have a title, but he can make policy from that chair. And he is blasting the he way could, college football could, is currently constructed. He could, he could certainly be part of something that pushes policy towards something. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because once you get the narrative moving and once you get the exactly. public behind and you that's and what other he coaches behind you. That, yeah. 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 So I think this needs to be pointed out just right from the jump. Nick Saban's not against players earning money at all. Not against them earning off NIL. Not against them getting the revenue sharing. What he is against and what every coach is against, and again, coaches don't care about players earning. Mm-hmm. What they're against is free player movement. Yeah. That's what they're mm-hmm. against because it's more difficult for them to build their roster. Now, I've been saying over and over, you get $10 million a year, deal with it, okay? Yeah, Just yeah. deal with it. Right. There are, there are guys that are dealing with it and still winning big. Um, well, I, I understand their point, though, okay, that it's more difficult and that the idea of, of, you know, developing players goes right out the door. Yeah. So I get all of that, but at the end of the day, the only way you're going to limit player movement now, like the, the barn door's open. Mm-hmm. You're not all of a sudden going to shut that door to player movement. The only way you shut it is with pay for play, payment, is payment. with revenue share. Yeah. And, and so, if you revenue share, then part of that CBA, because there will be some form of CBA, right. is going to be player movement. How everyone, do you restrict player movement? Yeah, everyone ran to get to this finish line as fast as they could. In other words, NIL, bring it, bring it, bring it, transfer portal, let it happen. Right, let from it happen. 1 to 10 without worrying about 2 to 9. Exactly. Yeah. And so it, the, the, here's this quote. If my voice can bring about some meaningful change, I want to help any way I can because I love the players. I love college football. The important part of his statement, he says, what we have now is not college football. Not college football as we know it. You hear somebody use the word student athlete, that doesn't exist. And so what Nick is saying, and this is more than anything else, he's not against anything you just said, but he's damn sure against not having control. And not having control all coaches are against. is what led him. It's a lack of control. Yeah, what is what led him to the door, and it's what led others to the door to where they basically said, "I would rather take an assistant position in the National Football League than deal with this mess." Now there are plenty that have figured out a way to deal with it, but I agree. Well, not with only Nick. that, not only that. So these guys are leaving to take assistants. All right, yeah. guess what? There's a guy that'll fill in and take that job. Exactly. Yeah. But I agree with Nick. So they don't you, care. Yes, they don't. But you've got to get a handle on it because there is absolutely no guarantee whatsoever uh, in our college football world. And I, it's like I said, no, on, it's, a, on a daily basis, there's no guarantee your roster is the same. No, there's not. And, and it's I, I get hold the, the, I, the concept of the amateur model. Okay, mm-hmm. I get it. And I am for that. I think – Guys should go to school and have that fallback of a degree. Guys should go to school and have that experience of living away from home for three or four years because that's what – you and I talk about this it's all the, the time, Joe. Yep, yep. That's what college is all about. It's not so much book learning. It's about 
can you make it on your own for three or four years? Yeah. So guys need that. I don't, I don't disagree with that. All I'm saying is to get that player control, to restrict movement, you're going to have to give up a lot, yeah. a lot of money. Because they're not players are not all of a sudden going to say, oh, yeah, we won't move anymore. Mm-hmm. No way. That, I mean, that door's open now. Forget yeah. it. Just like yeah. the NIL door, that's open too. You're not going to eliminate that either. Even when they get revenue sharing, NIL is not going away. Right, yeah. And so it's, it's, it's something else when you think about it and just the simple fact that, that a big behemoth like Nick in the college football world. He has had, an opportunity, no doubt. Yeah, yeah, he does. And so he is going to move the meter. He's going to make people think. But until they pay, until they come up with these, and it's going to have to be swift in terms of how to rein in uh, the transfer portal right now. You know now. what else? He says he I doesn't. Don't how, I don't know how they're going to do it. He, he doesn't necessarily want, like, he, you know, people are saying, you could be the czar of college football. He's like, I don't want to do it. I just want to blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. Talking about a year or two down the road with him, mm-hmm. when he starts to right. miss he the game, into it. when he starts to miss the interaction with players and other coaches, it might be different then. He right. might be interested in being the czar then. He might be interested in being the commissioner then of college football. Mm-hmm. But I just don't know what type of sweeping changes they can get to without saying, okay, here's the, the amount of money that we're going to guarantee each player to attend the university. And I, that, that will have to happen for anything else to happen. And so his quote is um, – uh, it's it's not that I'm not for the players. I want to see the players have a great quality of life and be able to create value for themselves. And this is where he gets deep, but it's real. He knows that the money that's being thrown at these players, it's fleeting. It doesn't last, and it doesn't answer the question of are you going to get some. a degree? Yeah, for some, yeah, for some uh, it does. Some yeah. guys are smart in the way they're dealing with it, right? Sure, but even even in the case of Carson Beck, the amount of money that he's getting right now, at least what is being rumored is is huge but it's still fleeting it's a it's a two-year deal and you're done cars that's it man and now he he's got a great chance to go to the national football league and succeed but there are countless other ones that aren't you know no i'm look at the end of the day these guys are getting money okay that's the good thing number one and number two you're also learning life lessons Mm -hmm. if you blow that money guess what that's a life lesson oh yeah you know and I, uh, there are a lot of programs, and, they, and Florida's one of them, with, under Scott Strickland, the, the whole Dave Ramsey, uh, you know, the, the money. The, yeah, the, the money guy. The smart money guy. Yeah. They've, they, they haven't, they're having their athletes do the Dave Ramsey program mm-hmm. because it's smart. You learn how to, how to deal with your money, how to budget your money, how to look future, how to, how to invest your money. It's smart. I'm not saying all these guys are going to do it, but at least you're putting that out there for them to give them the opportunity to say, hey, it's not just go buy a Lamborghini. There are other mm-hmm. things you can do with that money. From 534 on the text line brought to you by Lifetime Enclosures. Matt, not every coach makes $10 million a year. Okay, we're going to get to that in a second. You could pay me a million dollars a year and I'd still do that job. What about the coaches about that, that work equal hours, make millions less, develop three stars, and then go to top power five schools? It's a broken system. Well, those coaches are not coaching in the SEC or the Big Ten. Mm-hmm. And they eventually get there if they have the chops and they have the track record. When they're at the, the group of five, that's right. no different than how college football is right now. Mm-hmm. And, and oh, by the way, even before NIL, guys were leaving group of five schools and transferring to power five schools, too. They just had to sit out a year. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And, and look, I, I don't mind the sanction if it Again, comes it's, back. It's a, Joe, it's the player yeah. movement. It's not yeah. the money. Yeah. It's the player movement that's killing everything. Well, but the only reason I always push back on this one is because the money is causing the player movement. Yes. So yeah, that's it's true. Still part of it. You know, it's definitely still part of it. 
All right, uh, real quick before we welcome Coach in, uh, if I, I just want to stay in college football and work in one more of my, um, my perfectos, okay? From the Atlantic to the Pacifico. Perfecto. Thank you. All right, listen, Pacifico, a delicious Mexican lager. Hit that ukulele, Casey. Found in Baja, imported by surfers for those who Hi. live. We're visible. The white. Not the ukulele. Anchors up, yeah. It, we'll find it. We definitely will find it. All right, now it's all listen. It's good. Uh, a perfecto from you, too, before we get ready to go off to the combine next week. I've tried to fill you guys up with combine questions left and right, all right? So can That's you give me the order? Can you give me the order from what is now the power four, okay? From what is now the power four, the order of schools, or excuse me, the order of conferences with the most invites total from their schools. Okay. To the combine. Yeah. So it's conferences. To the combine. Just go to the, the combine. combine. So it's the power four. Give them to me in order. Hmm? SEC, Big no, Ten. No, I would say Big Ten because Michigan has the most invites of anybody. So I would say Big Ten, then the SEC. I'm going to say SEC, Big Ten. Big 12. Uh, Big 12 and SEC. Yeah. I, just right, have, so I have the top two reversed. Okay, so both of you guys have made guesses. They're both... Um, Spot on because there's only so many options that you have here, but I will give Mia the perfecto at the top because the Big Ten has the most players. How many? And she used her logic properly because of the amount that Michigan had, 18, a total of 18 from Michigan going. So it is Big Ten. And Ohio State. Then SEC, but you guys are both wrong on the bottom two. Oh, wow. So ACC then Big 12. The ACC has more than the Big 12. All right, so here you go. You've got, from the Big Ten, 90 players with 16 schools represented, and that's all the way down to the ones that even have one on their way to the NFL Combine next week. Wait, with how many schools represented? Um, let's see here. They had 16 schools represented. Why are they represented with 16 schools? They're not 16 schools in the Big Ten right now. Well, they're including Oregon. They're including USC. Then we'd be 18. Yeah. They're USC, UCLA, Oregon, and Washington. Well, they're they're including the ones that have moved over from the pack. You know I'm finding flaws well, in your whole thing. Oh, I know. Now. Believe me. You know that, listen, right? I, once I tell you where this came from, you right. ain't going to find no fault. All right. Okay? But the Big Ten has 16 schools that they are listing right now, right. which includes uh, USC and Oregon uh, having invites that are coming over. The SEC has 89 players, including 15 schools. And, yes, that does include Oklahoma and Texas. 15 okay. schools? 15 schools. So there's one school that has no that has no combine injuries. Yeah, and I'm looking Which to probably see. probably what is it, the Big Ten. There's probably two that don't have. Right, because Vandy is, is MIA on this list. Florida even has two. It's always Vandy. Sorry, yeah. Vandy. Yeah, Florida even has two on this list. Tony the ACC. Somewhere saying it's always Vandy. Clark Lee's still making a good amount of money, though. The ACC has 47 players with 14 schools represented. The Big 12 has 38 players with 14 schools represented. So there you go. Now, I'll just tell you where this list came from so you can't be and moan about it at all. Action McMurphy. Okay. Oh! So he's the one who put it It has to be right. Exactly. Jamie? You know it is correct. Perfecto! There you go.
There you go. There the you text go. line loves the the music selection, by the way, Casey Dobson. Apparently, some of them want to know whatever it is. I know it, because it I, feels like you're on that cruise and you're getting that nice, relaxing, deep tissue massage, you know right? What I think it is. No, I've never been on a cruise. I think I, on a cruise. I think I you walked into about. a room with your shoes off and paid some money. Is what I think that music <laughs> uh, is. That's what I think that music is. All right, let's see if Coach Campo recognizes that music. He's coming up on XL Primetime. It's a big hair, heavy metal Friday on XL Primetime. XL Primetime's Coach Dave Campo is brought to you by Bold City Heating and Air. Online at BoldCityAC.com. Nothing says big hair and heavy metal like Dave Campo, all right? Nothing. Nothing says it. Oh, big <laughs> if you know what, you've held on to your hair, and that's the most, that's the part that, that's got you uh, stoked. Hey, listen, I got to start this off. I'm losing my touch because uh, I drove around for the last 30 minutes trying to find a local honey stand to oh, bring no. in here to the show. I got turned down four times. No. Oh, my God. I, we had a of, caller call in about where to go. Are you ready? Got a I bunch know where of it is. It's yeah. right down the road from here. Well, it, Hodges and JTB across oh, the street from Publix. Local honey right there. I saw somebody commented parental home. I'm like, you do know where the station is located, right? And there's a lot of other uh, activities right down there, too. Ha- Hacker's beautiful. You might actually have some of that in the cupboard. Hacker's beautiful, isn't he? Hey, yeah. wife, bring, bring some to the station. Wifey. I know we got some of that in the cupboard. I used to live off of Hodges and Sutton. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Well, it was just so funny that uh, Hack uh, hadn't been hadn't been looking for that for a while. Apparently, <laughs> ripping and roaring, Hack. Just such a mystery Back to me. Uh, all right, Coach, welcome in. You fired up and ready to go. Uh, and and we've been talking a, a little bit about the play caller and everything that's gone on here and where at least some people's uh, minds in the National Football League have ranked uh, this this NFL's team's offense. Is it a middle of the pack offense? You think? Right now? Well, I think it was a middle-of-the-pack offense this year. I yeah. mean, I think it, it bears out with statistics, you know. Uh, and, and you know, I've said this. You've heard me say it, that I thought if there was any going to be change, this is back when the season first ended, was mm-hmm. that Doug might take over the play calling again. I think it is a, a factor, though, that uh, who, I can't remember who said it. Maybe it was in that the article uh, that mm-hmm. from ESPN+. Plus that uh, he won't make a big deal of it right? just because of his loyalty to, to press. But I would say that he – that's one change that can definitely be made that maybe helps, you know. And, and uh, I think, you know, if you look at statistics, and again, all these things that come out and put guys in rankings and all this DVOA and all mm-hmm. this other stuff, it really comes down to he said it after he put him 17 when he said that, well, injuries factor in, uh, right. the offensive line factors in, and all that stuff, because the first thing everybody looks at is the play calling. Right. right. Is the play calling right because things aren't happening, <laughs> they're not working right. Yeah. Right. So, you know, I think it's uh, six of one, half of those another, to be honest with you. We haven't spoken to you since the Jaguars formally announced those additions to their coaching staff. Um I want to get your take on the lack of a passing game coordinator, although maybe that truly was because the last two have been poached by teams in the same division. Mm -hmm. Um, The lack of a run game coordinator. I know obviously you were on the defensive side of the ball, Coach Campo, when you were coaching, but this system without those additional positions, where do those responsibilities typically fall? 
how does the structure then ensure that that run game will take the next step of the passing game will get back on track in 2024? Well, first of all, you know, I'm old school. I've said this here that I, I thought that I really wanted to check with somebody and see what these guys do with all these different titles and everything. You know, I always looked at it like, hey, I can I can get this guy from another team because mm-hmm. I give him another title. It's not, you know, you can't make a lateral move. Right. Well, apparently what those guys are doing is that they're studying, you know, pass games and all the other teams in the league. And if you're a run game coordinator, mm-hmm. you're looking at what other teams did against that team that you're playing against okay. and what other teams are doing against everybody else. And you bring in that kind of that package. That That's data. your responsibility. Yeah. yeah. I come in and I say, okay, you know, here's what's hurt them in the past. And then the coordinator and the head coach and whoever's, you know, making those decisions says, okay, we can fit this into our right. scheme. So, so let's let's throw it in there. So it's not just, just who they're facing. It's a compilation of everything. I, I think okay. it is, yeah. Okay. And and I, I think there's value to that. But at the same time, I, I'm one of those, is, there might be too many cooks in there mm-hmm. trying to cook the, the meal because I, I'm not sure that, I don't know what Doug had in Philadelphia, mm-hmm. uh, but I, I don't remember having a bunch of different, uh, you know, pass game, run game, third down. He does that within the staff. You know, mm-hmm. you're, you're in charge of third down. That's the way you. we did it. Yeah. You know, I, I was responsible as a secondary coach to bring the ideas in for third down. And and you know to the coordinator meeting or whatever. But as the as the DC, you can see what it's the situation where I'm going to go hire guys that I think number one I'm going to be comfortable with, right? And number two that I think I can work with. Absolutely. It's not just randomly adding guys, right? Absolutely. That to me that's the Jimmy Johnson. Why we were successful because he brought six guys with him. Everybody else in the league thought, you know, we didn't know our butt from a hole in the ground with. With a, a you know one and fifteen, but we knew each other. We knew what we were looking for. We knew what the uh, you know uh, how the offense was supposed to look and how the defense was was supposed to look, and we trusted each other. And that was Jimmy. He trusted everybody. Right, right. And I I just feel like when when they look and this is the self scouting that has to take place is that they have to figure out whether they've gotten stale, whether they've gotten predictable, whether injuries were the absolute core reason why it didn't gel the way it did this year versus last. Well, it definitely is that because, you know, you look around the league and the guys that they have up uh, at the top of that list, mm-hmm. if I'm remembering correctly, the, the, the uh, San Francisco Yeah, coach, the 49ers, the Chiefs, Rams. Chiefs, Andy, that, that mm-hmm. kind of thing. They evolve. You know, it evolves, mm-hmm. you know, and, and you know, that's what has to happen. And I, I think some of it is, you know, you've got to be willing to, to look at yourself and say, okay, well, my system is this, but, you know, I've got to be a little bit more uh, diversified mm-hmm. in what I'm doing. And I think that's what you do in the off season. That's what, really, that's what you do on a bye week when you look back at what you have done right. and what's been good, what's been bad. And, you, and then you kind of change that. And kind of what you do at halftime, when you look and see what's happened in the first half, you got to come up with something that's a little bit different if you're not if you're not uh, being successful. Big picture, I know I've talked. We've talked to you about this. Doug Peterson saying, "I know the problems. I know how to fix them." 
switching coaches, especially some of the information, some of the intel we've found out since of what did or did not happen in that building. Can you keep that same group of players and just change the coaches, change the philosophy, maybe change the orchestration of the offense or at least its cosmetic makeup, and that cures the ills of last year? Well, I think they made a mistake last year a little bit with Stan and Pat. Yes. You know, when you look at the team, we were 9-8. and eight. Mm-hmm. Well, you can look at it like, you know, it's easy to look at it and say, but we could have been 11 and and what is it? 11 and six, mm-hmm. you know, instead of nine and eight. But right. you could also look at it and say we could have been six and 11 instead right. of the nine and eight. So I think you have to always look to try to improve the football team. Mm-hmm. So some of it is coaching. If you're mm-hmm. not, if you're not, uh, they're not buying in to what you're teaching and what you're trying to do or you're not teaching, mm-hmm. then you've got to make a change there. But player-wise, you've always got to look at what you need to improve the football. You're never as good as you think you are, right? No, and that's why I was a little – the only one that I really look back on and say I have no idea was why they didn't bring a, a third-down pass rusher in. Right. Mm-hmm. That's the only one because, it, really, Fortner played good the first year then came back the second year and struggled. Well, you don't know that's going to happen. You're, you're thinking that it's going to go forward, and maybe right, right. something happened that you didn't develop or whatever. You didn't know that Devon Hamilton was going to be have some kind of a back injury and not right. be able to play for five games, or that Cam Robinson was going to be suspended. Yes. Right. All yes. of those things are, you know, part of it. But I think you always have to make sure that that what you're doing – is going to get people there that are going to buy in, whether it's the players or the coaches buying into what's going on. Yeah, I, I, the essence of it is just trying to uh, take that next step and find out. And we have hatched this one theory, Coach, is that going back to that predictable and self-scouting, is that it seems like the Shanahan tree right now is evolving because they've kicked out some pretty good minds. Shanahan, McVay, LaFleur. Slow it. You start going down that line, that's a pretty good group. Well, you know, when you see a lot of when you see a lot of head coaches coming out of one tree. Yeah, McDaniel. Yeah. They're doing something right because those guys aren't just getting hired because they're somebody at the top of the thing. This guy's learning from him, he's learning from him, he's mm-hmm. learning from him, and it goes down the line. So, yeah. you know, I think that there's something to that. And I think that that causes uh Doug, for example. To, to kind of look back and say, hey, how can I change my thoughts in this? Or, you right. know, it, it isn't all about just bringing an answer. I think it answers an earlier question. Mm-hmm. It isn't just about bringing in another center. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. or bringing in another guard or whatever. It's about what are you doing that's going to give defenses problems? Are defenses uh, catching up to what you're doing? I saw some people floating around on X this morning the notion that the Jaguars' offense became too predictable and defenses had figured them out. Did you ever feel like that at any point in the season? Because coupled with that was also these stats that came out from Warren Sharp where he noted the Jaguars were dead last in terms of runs of one yard or less being stopped. And and, uh, essentially pairing those two things together, the attribution was – well, people knew exactly what their run formations looked like. They figured them out. They stopped them. The Jags yeah. never adapted. 
you know, I, I, I don't buy that 100% because I, I see them running plays out of different, the same play out of different formations. So to me, it's, that's more of, of a physical thing up front, in my opinion, mm-hmm. with this team. Mm-hmm. Now, as far as getting the ball down the field or finding a way to get Calvin Ridley more catches mm-hmm. or that, that's, that rests on the shoulders of, of both, really. One's got to get open. He's got to find a way to get open, but the other one has to be, what are we doing? I heard Matt say today that the high-low combination mm-hmm. with a the particular Niners. team was, yeah, yeah. you know, I mean. Every flipping time it's open. Yeah, so there's got to be something in your system that you know for sure in this situation we're going to get some, something open. Yeah. And we're going to use it in this situation, you know, and I think we can get better at that. Uh, you know, I think but that's you, something. You that can also – Try and outformation someone forever, but if you yep. can't block it, it doesn't matter. That's correct. That's the physical part of it. You know, I mean, somewhere along the line, somebody's got to block somebody for you to make more than one yard on a run. It, it's, it's not the back. The back yeah. is taught. You go off that tackle right there, and you're reading that what's happening over there. And if you don't see it, and the hole opens here, you better get it. But at the same time, the the play is designed to go right where he's looking, right where he's going. It, and it, if it's not there, right. then it comes down to whether or not a guy can make something right. out of nothing. Right. And, and yeah. did you block up front and did you win against your guy? Yeah. But when we have these discussions and Matt brings it up and I, I it, it drives me crazy, I start thinking about it, you could probably close your eyes and you could think of a half dozen teams that every single time they get the ball in offense, they're going to be second and six or better. You follow me? Yep. That there is going to be a win play on first down Absolutely. almost every time. Key to the whole thing. And then there are other ones that are second and 11 or second and nine <laughs> right. or whatever. That's kind of what we were this year yeah. if you really look at it. Yeah. And it's the same thing defensively in reverse. Sure, sure. You know, if you if you know that uh, second, it's going to be second and eight, Yeah, you got a pretty good chance of having a chance to stop them. Right. You know, in, 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 in that series or yeah. whatever. So – I, you know, it's that's true, what you're saying. Let's head into the 2 o'clock hour. I wanted to reserve this first segment mm-hmm. of the 2 o'clock hour for that mock draft we've been referencing on CBS Sports. Number one, because I want Coach Campos' take on the Jaguars selecting a corner, 17th overall. Been a lot of dis- discourse regarding that over the course of this week on the Superstation and online. And also the potential for somewhere between four to seven trades in the first 10 picks. That's crazy. For quarterbacks and maybe not the ones you're thinking of? Let's do that coming up next on XL Primetime. Top 10XL is presented by Farrah & Farrah, exclusive injury law firm of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Protecting you and your family. Call 396-5555. Jacksonville, it's a big hair, heavy metal Friday on XL Primetime. Normally we got JJ the DJ cranking, but we got Casey in while JJ... Across the pond, somewhere right now, going capiche, capiche, ciao, 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 bella, bella. That's right. He boarded the plane. He's over there uh, enjoying his honeymoon. We got uh, Casey spinning out some ZZ Top. So this is now your second opportunity to win ZZ Top tickets. Where are we at? Florida Theater. Casey? Yes, sir. March 5th, Florida Theater. If you don't win the tickets, you can go to floridatheater.com. All right, so caller number four. Let's hook them up with uh, some ZZ Top tickets to go see them live in concert. 
sharp dressed man and all, you guys will have to definitely kick it old school uh, and go see some ZZ Top at Florida Theater. Don't forget FloridaTheater.com. But caller number four at 641-1010. Let's hook him up. All right. We've been talking. We've been teasing it. Let's hit it. This is Tom Fornelli's mock draft. I believe this is his second one on CBSSports.com. Three teams, Coach Campo, trading up to take quarterbacks within the top ten in this mock draft. We'll go through one to 17, where the Jaguars are picking. In this situation, Caleb Williams goes number one overall to the Chicago Bears. The Atlanta Falcons trade up to two from number eight with the Washington Commanders and select Jaden Daniels. The Patriots do not take a quarterback and take Marvin Harrison Jr. The Vikings trade up and take Drake May. Then a little bit more of, you know, team standing pat. Joe Alt, the offensive tackle from Notre Dame to the Chargers. Malik Neighbors to the Giants. J.C. Latham to the Titans. Then Olu Fashanu out of Penn State goes to the Commanders, who are now at eight. J.J. McCarthy to the Steelers, who trade up to nine. And then the Jets stand put and take a wide receiver in Roman Dunze. J.J. McCarthy, a top ten quarterback? I know I know you're still in your process of diving through, and especially quarterbacks because Jacksonville really isn't looking at one. Sorry, Trevor haters. Um, you haven't really dove into a couple of those, but – that situation is probably ideal for Jacksonville, and we haven't gotten to who they will select in this mock draft at 17th overall because then if you've got three to four, five quarterbacks off the board in that top ten, that means there's three to four to five non-quarterbacks yep. that are still sitting there. That's that's key to the draft, in my opinion, with the first-round guys because, you know, you we talk all the time, and I've heard it with you guys today, about the numbers of uh, – first-round grades on people, right? So the more the quarterbacks go, the better chance you got one of those that you got graded. You know, if you got 16 guys in the first round, you got a pretty good chance of getting that guy if you get four quarterbacks going ahead of you. And I think that's really where, to me, that makes the whole draft. Now, you know, trades, uh, that's the hard part of us even determining what direction the the Jaguars are going along with free agency. But when you got quarterbacks going early, that's that's great if you're down the down the line. Especially if you're close like around 17. Yeah. Because then but this also brings into play and, <clears throat> excuse me, you and I were talking about this with Tommy Mack on his award winning show yeah uh yesterday. The problem is you get to seventeen and you know what you need. Okay, let's just say they they think they need a big body, right? But for some reason, Brian Thomas is falling to That's 17. exactly right. And then you're staring at Brian Thomas or you're staring at what you should do. And then, you know what I mean? <laughs> it's a good then way it, to put yeah. it. Yeah, and then it, yeah, and yeah. then it becomes, all right, are we really going to pa- bypass Brian Thomas when he could be? Or are we going to get someone who we know is going to help us? Yeah. I mean, that's a difficult decision because, you know, some guys, when if, if the guy is heads and tails over the guy that you've got graded, even it's if you don't need turn it. it. Yeah, it's hard to turn that down. And I really think, here, here's how I look at it. The better football team you have, okay, the more you can take a need. The worse football team you have, you better take the best, best available player, player on mm-hmm. the board. BPA. That's that. And so if you're an average team like the Jaguars, it depends on how – much you think you can improve between that 
pick and what happens next. You're almost year. a no man's land. Yeah, it's no man's land. That's when guys exactly. panic and trade back, right? Exactly. Right. And that's where you you get in a situation that uh, if uh, let's say uh, let's take a let's take a position. Uh, I don't know if there is one. I guess, but let's say running backs are not really that important right now in right. the league. Right. So most of the running backs are going to go in the second and third round. Right. Okay. Well, if you've got that situation right there, then and a and a bunch of running backs are right where you're picking. You got to back up. You know, if you if you don't have them graded, uh, you're not going to take a running back, for example, just because you need them. You know, in that right. situation, because you're going to get one later. Right. So it really depends on that on that as much as anything else. If we're playing this best player available situation, which will lead us to who CBS Sports has going 17th to the Jaguars, 45% of the pre-combine consensus boards, according to our friend John Shipley, 45% of the top 20 prospects in this NFL draft are offensive linemen or cornerbacks. Right. Now, we say that, and if 45% of the top 20 are offensive linemen or cornerbacks, that would suggest it's a pretty deep offensive lineman cornerback class. Right. And so that's where I ask you, Coach Campo, do you hedge your bet and say, okay, I can get an offensive lineman in the third round who's a plug-and-play starter, even if he's not an elite guy, quote-unquote, like one of these first-round guys, because I need to take the pass rusher because there's not as many of them in this class. That's some of the things you look at right there. You know, how deep is the draft at whatever position you're you're looking at. And uh, to me, I think, that, to be honest with you, I think the Jaguars are in an excellent position this year with number 17. Mm-hmm. Because especially when you talk about quarterbacks going early, they're going to have their choice, in my opinion. If they want a center, he's going to be there, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. If they want a... a, a if there's a tackle out there that has a chance to be a guard mm-hmm. and that's the direction they want to go, I believe he's going to be there. Right. If they want a cornerback that that Nielsen likes now, uh, there's going to be one there. Mm-hmm. So I think they're in a position where the need and the availability is there to take a guaranteed plug-in guy, period. Now, I don't go as much with, I can find a plug-in guy at third round. Yeah. You know, you'd like to think that that's going right. to happen. But there's no guarantees about that. You know, so if there's a guy there that you are absolutely sure, and it's a position that not only your need, but a coveted position, like a cornerback. If you've got a great cornerback there, right. you got to take a look at him, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. whether you need a cornerback or not. If there's a pass rusher there. If verse drops down there, mm-hmm. they're going to have a decision to make. You better believe it. Okay, and, yeah, that's a, and that's not a need for yeah. these guys. You guys are all getting distracted by the bling, man. <laughs> yeah. But but it's another good one because Brian Thomas and Jared Verse would be bling. But here's the other part of it, and, and I'm not going to dismiss the importance of the center. I w- I won't do it. But at the same time, to your point, if you can get a better position guy long term, 17th. And the center is somewhere around whatever that is, 48, 49, whatever the pick is in the second round. And I don't know whether you're going to be able to get JPJ or anything like that in that pick. But that's the kind of dice you have to roll, right? Absolutely. Yeah. I think the biggest thing is that you've got to make a decision on where all these guys are going to fit in the, in the total picture of the draft. Mm-hmm. And how many are available. Okay. I went through uh, free agency. 
right. okay, of the guys that they've got, in, say, in the top 75. Well, when you look at it, there's nine defensive tackles. Now, I don't know how good those guys are because I, I don't know the mm-hmm. guys that are number 56 on the free agent board. I don't know right. if he helps us. But there's, there's those. There's, there's uh, only six cornerbacks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, on, uh, in the free agency market. Free agency. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So my point is that determines what you do in the draft as well. Right. You know, who's available in that situation. And uh, that's what we don't know. We'll have a better – once free agency starts, we'll have a better idea of what direction they're going, in my opinion. So let me run through picks 11 through 17. We'll let it marinate over the break. And then we'll come back with your thoughts on who CBS Sports has the Jaguars selecting 17th. So, at number 11, the Arizona Cardinals select Nate Wiggins, corner out of Clemson. At number 12, the Denver Broncos select Dallas Turner, edge rusher out of Alabama. Good player. With the 13th pick, the Las Vegas Raiders select Terry and Arnold, corner out of Alabama. Really good player. 14th pick to the New Orleans Saints, Tylese Fawaga. The tackle out of Oregon State. Who can play guard. Mm-hmm. That's one that I was kind of thinking that might be there yeah, at 17. Yeah, yeah. At 15, the Indianapolis Colts select Brock Bowers, tight end out of Georgia. Mm-hmm. At 16, the Seattle Seahawks select Jared Verse, edge right in front of you. Florida State. And at 17th, with the 17th pick in Tom Fornelli's CBS Sports mock draft this week, the Jacksonville Jaguars select Cooper DeGene, corner, out of the University of Iowa. Let's react. Coming up next right here on XL Primetime. It's a big hair, heavy metal Friday on XL Primetime. So if you're just joining us, kind of going through a little mock draft scenarios with Coach Campo on a Friday. We're not kind of. We are, in fact. XL Primetime rolling on. We are with you till 3 p.m. Me, O'Brien, Josie, Matt Hayes, Casey Dobson sitting in for the vacationing J.J. LaSalva. And if you are just joining us in CBS Sports' latest mock draft by Tom Fornelli, the Jaguars select with the 17th overall pick, Cooper DeGene, the corner out of the University of Iowa, who many people believe could play outside, could play in the slot, is by all accounts an All-American return man, Coach Campo, perhaps could move to safety eventually. We all looked at each other as I read this aloud and said, this is a best player available selection in this mock draft. It's a mock scenario by the Jacksonville Jaguars because here's a listing of some of the players that were still on the board. Amarius Mims, Jackson Powers Johnson, Quinion Mitchell, Chop Robinson, Jerzon Newton, Troy Fatano. That situation, though, as you said, it could happen. Don't don't discount it. Don't think it's just me and my Iowa bias trying to like you know bang my chest. Like that is a situation you could see happening in April. Absolutely, I you know. And again, I think the what happens in in free agency, you know, there are corners available. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, they may take a corner in free agency. So then that changes the the, the narrative there because you know that group that you talked about, that's. Well, I, well, how many did you say? Five? Five um, guys just now that are behind them there? The, the that were still available, read? yep. Yeah, they're all pretty good players. Mm-hmm. So you've got to – I really think they're going to have an opportunity to make a, a solid pick, whatever that is. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's whichever one, in, in my mind, at this particular time, they could get a need at the same time at that with those 
that group right there. So, so let's say you you pick corner. Which which who's not staying on the outside at well, that point? Well, the first thing I'm thinking. Are you moving okay, Darius Williams inside where he there, struggled? There, all right. Well, there's no security on any football team. That much we know. Right. And there's also no security when it comes to Trent Baalke. He can't be planning way ahead for the future. But if you are looking at a guy that you're going to ask to do big things later at an important position, then Darius can stay outside and and he can come in. And, and whoever it is, the new corner plays slot. Right, right. and be developed. Uh, and I don't know whether his well, strengths – yeah, I him. think he. I think he might be a better slot player than an outside player. Especially if, you're if he about does project, you know, big, long, fast, yeah. all that stuff. Project, you know, maybe to go to the back end. And, later. and I'll tell you, you know, you be. I mean, you look at uh, the Detroit Lions. Uh, Amon Branch. Ra. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, you got to yeah. be able oh, to cover. Yeah. If you're going to play man coverage, you better be able to cover the guy in the slot. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Because that's a perfect example. So I, there are three starters at yeah. corner. Yeah. I, I don't. That's the reality. You look at it. <clears throat> whether it's outside, inside, or whatever. Now, you remember, Nielsen, it was his mentor mm-hmm. is, uh, oh, my goodness. Mm-hmm. Pete Kiffin. Carroll. Kiffin. Pete, yeah. Monty Kiffin. Monty Kiffin. 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 Not Lane, guys. Monty. Yeah. Monty. Yeah. So, you know, they're going to play a certain amount of cover, too, mm-hmm. with where the corners can be pressed up or off playing zone. Mm-hmm. Okay. okay. So he can protect the corners, too. It's not just all about – locking up and going man-to-man. It's about, you know, he, he wants physical guys that are, you know, that are going to be able to support the run and be able to, you know, cover some. So, mm-hmm. you know, that has to factor in too. The one, interesting one for me, and we actually did in our NFL draft guide on 1010XL.com, we have corners and safeties that debuted today. So make sure you check that out on our website and social channels. The interesting one for me, Coach Campo, if we want to get in the weeds here, DeGene versus Quinion Mitchell, the corner out of Toledo. He is an interesting prospect in that he obviously stayed at Toledo, turned down big money to go to a Power 5 school to stay there, balled out at the Senior Bowl by all accounts during the practices, is more of that physical mold perhaps that if only in words many Jaguar fans feel like Ryan Nielsen craves. And he's left on the board in this situation in favor of DeGene, who, as we said, is a solid corner but maybe isn't quite as physical at the point of attack yeah I just think it's eye of the beholder like Mm -hmm. I said earlier whichever one they think is better for their scheme for whatever they do and and the other thing that will come into play right there is this is not a great draft for defensive tackles Mm -hmm. so if they don't get somebody in in uh free agency and I don't know who it will be you know at this point but if they don't they have to look at that, too, with that spot. All right, so if Byron Murphy's still there <clears throat> at 17, and it's a corner of Byron Murphy, what are you doing? Yeah, listen. Uh, Don't get distracted by the bling, Coach. Well, <laughs> I'm going to get this. Byron I'm Murphy. getting distracted by the need because I think we need the defensive tackle more than we need the corner. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I think the right. corner is going to be Newton a better player. Yeah. That's the problem. That's well, it, it's it. funny because if you just take a look at the actual free agency money and draft capital that had been used at the cornerback position, versus the defensive tackle True. position on this on this franchise, they put a hell of a lot more in cornerback capital than right. they have in right. interior line capital. Right. The other question I have for you in this scenario, Coach Campo, is trading back. And yeah. you actually walked us through this during the break. If you're sitting there at 17, and let's say you have DeGene, you have Quinion Mitchell, you've got Marius Mims, you've got Troy Fatanu, JPJ, they're all high on your board. That's when you say we can trade back and bank on one of the five being there. 
Yes. Yes. What's and, what's the problem or the gamble with that? Well, first of all, uh, I don't think there is a gamble, but you can't back up very far. You know, it's not a case of, of uh, you know, backing up and getting another second and a third. It's about moving back a few spots or whatever, because the, if you're at 17, there's still uh, 10 more. I don't know how many. Uh, my math is. Right. Terrible. If you go from 17 to 23, there's still five other teams that are yeah, picking there exactly. and they could take your five guys. Right. So you have to uh, you have to be careful what you do there, because, uh, again, uh, you know, the guys that you have listed at 18, 19, 20, 21, mm-hmm. I say they're kind of the same guy as the guys at 20, 35, 36, 37, but that's by position. Right. In other words, not you probably have those guys graded higher mm-hmm. than the guys that you got graded 30, 35th, 36, 37. Sure. Yeah. So if it's somebody that helps you and you covet, you want to make sure you get them. So it just depends on how far you can go based on how many, uh, how, you know, how many uh, you have to go back to, to, to get, you know, to get the guy. Let's put a pin in, or actually I should say, let's put a bow mm-hmm. on this conversation by saying this. At this current juncture, with the preliminary research you've done and heading into next week's NFL Combine, Coach Campo, are you a proponent, depending how the board falls, yes, but at this point, are you a proponent of the Jaguars' Trading up or trading back in this April's NFL draft? Uh, I think I think there's going to be somebody there. So if anything, I would back up. I don't think I want to go up and get anybody. I definitely though am in the in the big person, physical person, mm-hmm. whatever it is. Right. We need to get better there. Yeah. For sure. And how we do it, I'm not a hundred percent because again, I don't know what they're going to do in in free agency, and I don't know, uh, you know, what's going to happen. You know, in the second and the third, are we going to have a second? Are we going to have a, th- you know, all that yeah. comes so into play, let's in my it, opinion. Let's at least answer your strategy and philosophy of that particular question right there coming up here in a second. Will they have it? What will the Calvin Ridley deal be? Uh, if you guys are just tuning in, we'll repeat it. Uh, many have checked in on the text line that the salary cap is going up, and that will give them a little more wiggle room to maybe sign Josh Allen, do a deal with Calvin Ridley, save a second-round pick. All that stuff we'll try and do it coming up uh, before we are done on XL Primetime. It's a big hair, heavy metal Friday on XL Primetime. The uh, big hair, heavy metal has led Matt Hayes to become a metal man cleaning the popcorn machine. It's a job, man. It is a job, isn't it? Listen, you don't take Next time you head to the movie theater, you've got a newfound respect for them cleaning that popcorn machine. Either that or you get that extra butter on that next bag of popcorn. Well, you know, my wife doesn't. You know, we have that one in my room back there. We haven't got that popcorn machine. Same thing. Yeah. Well, she doesn't cook popcorn very often. She doesn't want to clean it. It's a a pita, isn't it? It is. It's a grown man job. Okay, or a right. grown woman for that matter. I do like the fact that you are in there. He's making sure he's getting it done before he gets out of here. Because I All wouldn't right. hear the end of it from Sophie exactly. Michelle. Oh, right? believe me. I, I totally get it. I appreciate you doing it, so we did enjoy it. By the way, is there any more popcorn? Okay, good. All right, good. Uh, I may steal some, too. So, we are wrapping up our giveaway. Speaking of getting it done, uh, ZZ Top at Florida Theater, March 5th, uh, in case you got a chance for them to win tickets. And so, uh, in honor 
of ZZ Top being a three-man band. Let's take caller number three, and this is the last pair of tickets, correct? Yes, sir. March 5th at the Florida Theater. If you don't win these tickets, make sure to visit thefloridatheater.com. I'm a little upset, though. This song's been playing for like a minute, and I haven't gotten the first caller. Do you people not know who ZZ Top is? I think what they're doing is they're waiting for us to tell them. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah, I got you. We, I got we guarantee you. they weren't just going to listen to the song. Right, they're <laughs> waiting for Joe to drop the green flag. Oh, yeah, because yeah. look okay. at him. Look at him now. Yeah, they well, it's now. racing now. It's yeah, go they time. load up. When they, they're just trying to make sure they don't screw up. Uh, I had somebody bug the heck out of me yesterday after the uh, players giveaway. We asked the question. We gave you a chance to win it. That's all we can do. That's all we can do. All right, get to the Calvin Ridley question, Coach. How difficult is it going to be? Because – you give up a second round pick if you sign him early. If you wait, you may have to or you may get to give away a third round pick instead. There's a compensatory third round pick coming Jacksonville's way, but can you wait? I, I am the beholder. So. Okay. Here's the three in the in let me I'm gonna ask you a question. Mm-hmm. You guys a question. Mm-hmm. All right. You got Michael Pittman, Mike Evans, T. Higgins. First of all, do you want them more than Ridley? Number one. Mm-hmm. Number two, which ones are going to get franchised? Which one are you not? They are not going to let out of the out of the place. I think the T Higgins, I guess, because they have to play the game of signing him versus signing or signing Chase next year. So it would make the most sense that he represents the most upside in terms of being the youngest. So I would tag him. Okay. Yeah, I think I I would say that. Yeah, I would think if I'm predicting who gets tagged. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. T. Higgins is getting tagged. Yeah. Okay. And How about knowing Mike how much... Evans? How about Mike Evans? Mm. I think let him go. It's hard as hell to say goodbye to a Hall of Famer, but that might be where they're at. The problem is, though, is that Baker Mayfield, by all accounts, is coming back because Liam Cohen was hired as the OC to retain mm-hmm. Baker Mayfield services. And Baker Mayfield may say, well, my other edict besides Liam Cohen is – I need Mike Evans. It's so funny because, and again, this is this is crazy season. You can call it mock season. You can call it free agency, whatever. People are trying to project and predict that Mike Evans is going to land on someone else's roster. Right. And they're coming up with crazy things like even the Chiefs coming up with enough money to go get him. Uh, the Bears and many others have been mentioned. But I do agree that if you're going to have any chance to succeed, Baker needs – Mike Evans, you know. How about Michael Pittman? You want Michael Pittman? I love or that do you guy, want but Ridley. I love that guy, but I would, I would still probably take Calvin over over, over, over Pittman. Yeah, I think I might take Pittman. Pittman is a catch machine, but Calvin Ridley is. If he get, if he's he, 30, I get all that, but he, you know what? At some 30, point, he's thirty something in the league with ten yards a catch. Thirtieth, thirty fifth. You know what else he does? Like yeah. He but gets he does, open and he catches the ball. He does make plays. He, he does make catch a the ball. ton of plays. And he does run good routes, okay? And he catches but, the ball. Yeah, but here's my point, okay? You're taking Michael Pittman over Calvin Ridley? Yeah, I am. Okay. Yeah. All right. All right. Here, yeah. Here's my point. The next one, when you go down the list that is there, is uh, Marquise Brown. Yeah, Now, do you want to sign Calvin Ridley? Mm-hmm. Do you want to sign Calvin Ridley Right. and give up a – a third mm-hmm. or a second, a second, yeah. Or do you want to do you want to take your chances right. with those guys? Those yeah. are the guys that are out there. I, I think honestly, that's it right there. That's the puzzle solved. Because as much as we want to complain about Calvin, the numbers were still eight times in the end zone, thousand yards, seventy grabs. Can you guarantee a third or a second round pick is going to give you that? That's correct. All that stuff adds up. And if you want to 
play that game and get stuck with Hollywood, yep. Brown versus the other guys that you mentioned, yep. I would not want to be in that situation. So that's my answer. My answer is that they that they, they will I, give up a second they, round. They're going to go get him. They're going to uh-huh. get him. I think they're going to sign him mm-hmm. one way or another. Yeah, and sign who? Cowley. Yeah, just in other words, get him get him done and give up a second rounder as opposed to waiting yeah. and hope for a third that, round. That's my opinion. So just I may to, be wrong, but it's right. my opinion. 36 targets, 76 catches. Yeah, I love Pittman. Don't get me wrong. I like Pittman. But the one thing Ridley can do, if he's right, he can take the top off. Pittman I don't disagree, do but that. 60 times when the ball was thrown his way, didn't finish with a catch. Yeah. And how many of those times was it the wrong route and it finished with an interception? Only a handful. Coach Campo did also Allegedly. recruit Michael Pittman, though, did you not? When you were What's you, that? you recruited Michael Pittman at USC. Well, I didn't recruit him, but I loved him. <laughs> yeah, you yeah. worked with him. You worked with him. So hey, if you're saying you would opt for Ridley over Pittman, Abs- knowing the ab- scheme here, that's absolutely that's pretty because, substantial. Yeah, yeah, because you can just picture those two guys' skill set, and yeah. and Gardner Minshew found Michael Pittman a ton right. this year and said that guy will catch the football for me, and I'm going give to give it to him as much as can. But he didn't take him down the field. Right. Okay, there were other guys that were taking – Alec Pierce, Downs, those guys were down the field guys. Uh, I would – If you take away the injuries of Zay Jones, and I think they're going to have Zay Jones back personally, but if you take away the injury of him and Kirk coming back, they got guys that can catch the ball. They need somebody that, that – hopefully he makes the next jump. Right, you know that's what you're banking. Right, on. that's what that's what that's you're what you're for. banking on. Yeah, that's what you're paying for. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and again, there there's no guarantee of that because Calvin, we all know there was some headspace that that you wondered about, but at the same time, he is dynamic when yep. he when and and he's got to be hungry because it just has to depend on how much of a contract, lengthy contract they give right. him. Right, he could right. be looking at a you know. Of the rest of his career, two more contracts. Right. You, you, there's also a danger of this is who he is. True. Moving yeah. forward. Yeah. It's very true. It's yeah. very true. And he battled injuries and he battled depression and, and, and stepped away from the game. All those things are true. But he came through this year and named the other guy that was, that was healthy in the wide receiver room. Uh, unfortunately. Tim Jones. Yeah. Yeah. Unfortunately. Yep. And yep. so you only have so many guys. Yep. And you need to make sure you, you keep the ones you got. Yeah, I think you you try not to let the good ones, and mm-hmm. I consider him a good one yeah. because I think it's all ahead of them. What's going to happen? You don't let them out. That's that's the whole thing. Same thing with Josh. Yeah. Don't let them out. Exactly. Pay him. Well, let's exactly. close with this. What do you think of this notion, and we let off the program with this, Coach Campo, that the Jaguars could have this deal in place with Calvin Ridley know that the hope is once the league year opens, they'll agree to that deal. It'll only be a third-round pick heading back to Atlanta, not the second, but that they're still tagging Josh Allen. Because we have some listeners that are upset at this thought of you could have a deal done with Calvin Ridley before you could have a deal done with Josh Allen on a long-term extension. Uh, (laughs) That's a tough question. You know, I I don't know enough about their situation over there to answer that question. I know that. I know that I think they can get both of them, mm-hmm. uh, and and I and I'm pretty sure they're going to tag Josh. Mm-hmm. So it, they're going to be working on Ridley. Now I heard I heard you bring up Mia that they could have a handshake. Mm-hmm. I'm going to you know who sits in this seat when I'm not here? Yeah, Big Sirs. Big Sirs, right? I'm going to pull a Big Sirs. There are no wink wink yep. handshakes when it comes to money in the NFL. <laughs> 
So I doubt that that's going to happen. But I I really think that that uh, you know I think they can get both of them. It's just mm-hmm. a question of uh, how they do it. Yeah. So let's just wrap it up with this uh, because the numbers will tell you kind of a lot in, in terms of where to go. And if you tag a defensive end, he's twenty million. You tag a linebacker, he's twenty two, almost twenty three million. You tag a wide receiver, he's almost twenty one million. And so you think to yourself. Which of those guys would you rather put that money in if you have to live with the tag for now, and then the other guy you get the long-term deal with? Because exactly. do you want to pay Calvin twenty-one million? I, that's I don't know. Uh, as opposed to paying Josh Allen twenty-two million, I think yeah. I might want to. I'm going with Josh Allen. Yeah, in, in the tag. So yeah. we'll see where it ends up going. Coach, good stuff as always. Uh, you're meeting the family for dinner. Yes, having a little dinner tonight with the granddaughter and her husband. Uh, I I think we're going to get a. Might be pregnant. Oh! <laughs> I think that's what we're going to get. But I'm, I'm guessing. Breaking news! That's a bad waiting to happen. Guessing. Just I'm guessing. happened. Brought to you Florida Queen just had the official air conditioning well, partner just, of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Jacksonville, okay? Yeah, I did. Yeah. Yeah, but I may be wrong on that. I know that's they're a big trying. smile on that face, too. Look at that. <laughs> well, I, I love it. I hope that they – you have to let us know. Yes. Because I was accusing you of going to the early bird. Oh, uh, no, I was no. going to play a Seinfeld no. drop on you yeah. uh, of getting to the well, early it's bird. Your, it's your neighborhood. Oh, I know. There. You're coming down to you the you got to get a, a 4 o'clock reservation or you can't get in the place. It is the truth, man. It is the absolute <laughs> truth. All right, Coach, enjoy that. Thank Thanks. you very much. We've got the Francis Show coming up next. Now, the two-minute drill. Brought to you by Tire Outlet. Keeping 1010XL talking with wholesale prices and premium service. Tire Outlet, Jacksonville's largest locally owned automotive repair shop. It all comes down to this. The River City Rumble with the embedded and shredded. Hayes Carline joins us now. And uh, Hayes, I know you are ready to rumble. There's no way your son could afford that car. We all saw his act. Last year at the Playhouse. <laughs> so good. That is so good. And let me tell you something. Have you ever seen, have you ever seen eyebrow hair bigger than Jack's? Okay. I have, that guy is my favorite actor of all time. Oh, my God. Uh, he is sensational. The episode with the pen is great as well. Yeah, that's right. Uh, yes. Yeah, he steals every scene. You guys were talking about the, uh, the early bird. And oh, it got me, me thinking to- about... Uh, <laughs> It got me thinking about that. Boca de Vista, I wanted to get the drop uh, for Coach, but we were just kind of rocking and rolling. I'm like, I really wanted to play it for him, so we'll play it one time. But honestly, Memphis. he was headed for the early bird. Yeah. He's getting there at 4 Oh, yeah. Stella. Must be nice to have that kind of money. <laughs> <laughs> oh. uh, so great. We're going to have a, a great Frangie show. We're at the JU campus at the, uh, the River House. And uh, there's beach volleyball going on behind us, which oh, is yeah. unbelievable. Wow. FSU's out here. They're one of the many teams. So uh, it, is a, uh, it is a lively group here. And, of course, a uh, huge basketball game tonight at 7 o'clock uh, as UNF comes to JU's campus for the, uh, the second edition of the Rumble. UNF won the first one at their house. So this is a big game really for both teams, but certainly for JU to, uh, to hold serve at home and get a, a split so we're going to be joined by Jordan Mincy coming up, the JU coach, uh, as well as JU Athletics Director Alex Rickard-Gilbert, in addition to Matt Paulus to talk hip injuries, and Pete Prisco as well to talk about the NFL and that exploding salary cap. So lots to get to on the Fringes show. Should be a lot of fun. And, of course, you can hear that game tonight at 7 o'clock right here on the Superstation on 1010 AM. 
Uh, yours truly also on the broadcast on ESPN+. Nice. Plus, If you'd rather watch it. It's a big one, though, for sure, Hayes, as JU really needs this if they're going to make the A-Sun postseason tournament. UNF's already locked up a spot. Seating's still up for grabs, though, especially with Stetson losing last night. Yeah, absolutely. UNF wants that, you know, top four seed so they get at least one game at home when the A-Sun tournament starts. And, yeah, I mean, for JU, the season's on the line. I mean, they've got three games left. They're all here. And JU's been great at home. They've only lost one game at home this year. That's tied for best in the A-Sun. You wouldn't think a team that's been, you know, that would be leading the A-Sun this deep in the, uh, in the season in, in home record would be fighting to get into the tournament. But that's the situation that they find themselves in. So the good news for JU, their last three are at home. They've been outstanding at home. We'll see if it continues. But UNF's been very good on the road. They have the most road wins of anybody in A-Sun play. Uh, so they're tied for first in that category. So something has to give tonight here at JU. It always does, Carl. Oh, yeah. Always. Oh, right. yeah. All right, enjoy it, brother man. We appreciate right. it. Thank you, guys. All right, Hayes Carline, Frank Franzi, Lauren Brooks, and RJ will be holding it down here as they are uh, on the campus and ready to rock and roll with the River City Rumble. We are going to rumble on out of here. Uh, say thanks to Casey Dobson for taking care of us. Thanks to all y'all for hanging out with us. We hooked you up, uh, at least three of you lucky nooners with uh, tickets to ZZ Top. Don't forget, you can go to floridatheater.com uh, and check out tickets for that March 5th concert if you missed out. And then we'll end with our anthem on Friday afternoon. Have a good one. Enjoy it. Josie, Neil, Brian, Matty, Big Surce, and Casey. Come on, Joe. That ain't good enough. You gotta set the blood out my nose. Let's go, baby.